Holman, I feel Happy like- New Year! <laughs> <laughs> right before I could get anything out, you yeah. were going to Happy New Year it. I had to, uh, we'd have to celebrate here on the uh, Truck Show Podcast. We've been gone for uh, a couple weeks now. Yeah, but- Or just a week. What is the, uh, the length of time that you can say Happy New Year? Because once you get like two, three weeks into it, you're like, no more Dude, Happy New Year's. We're recording this on January 4th and I haven't seen you since your birthday. Uh, yeah, oh, by the way, great dinner. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for taking me to no. Hot Rods and Handguns. And thank you for buying me a steak for the first time yeah. in four years. And uh, that, Oh, yeah, oh, good point. All yeah. right, well, I was happy to buy it, and it looked like a great That's steak. That's right. If you're paying attention to keeping score at home, uh, I allowed uh, Lightning to come to my club and made him buy me dinner on his birthday. I didn't mind it. It was great. I didn't even mind it for a second. It was a little cold. We sat outside. It was cold while it was raining. It was, it was the one night it rained in California. Rain. Yeah. But, the, uh, but the, the club, Hot Rods and Handguns, was impeccable. Was I would have loved amazing. to have stopped for a couple hours and shot firearms, uh-huh. but uh, it was not in the cards. We, we but yeah, great food, great drinks, well, great the wives, company. the wives were with us. They weren't going to stand around when we shot guns. I think they might have shot guns. Uh, my wife's pretty good shot. Yeah. I don't know if my wife's ever shot a gun. I think she has. Oh, we should bring her and teach her how. Absolutely. Well, would, you wouldn't mind if, uh, I mean, she clearly- As long as she's not aiming at me, I'm no, good. No, no, no. Basically, the, the joke is that your wife's not going to listen to you, so you have to have one of your buddies come and cozy up with her. You put you know, your arms <laughs> around her and uh-huh. help her grip the gun just right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see how it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's why all your buddies want to go uh, shooting with you. So, By the way, thank you for the uh, the Christmas gift. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And thank you uh, thank you for your Christmas gift. That's your birthday gift. Uh, oh, well, I, it was my birthday is a couple days before Christmas, yeah, so it's one of the same. To me, it's, they always just bleed into one another. Yeah, dude. Got you a, uh, a Leatherman mm-hmm. with the Truck Show podcast laser etched into the main blade. Yes. And then Holman on the exterior. Uh, who chose the font for Holman? Was that you? I did. So I went through... It, they have like eight different fonts, uh-huh. and I know this is not the normal like Holman. And it's not even me, but I really liked how it looked on the side. So, do you not like it? No, I like it. I was just curious. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that that would be the font that you would have chosen. I literally went through. You could, as God is my witness, ask Gavin, my oldest. He and I were like, I'm like, which one is him? Like, mm, there was a techno one, then one that was like oh, techno, architectural, ar- architecturally. You know, also, that one. This one, I think, just worked. It was kind of sort of hand no, signature, but also structured. I've already lost it. No, you didn't. No, I, uh, I, had, <laughs> I had it on the counter, uh-huh. and uh, my wife put it away. And I'm like, Where, where'd my Leatherman go? She goes, oh, what well, 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 Leatherman? I go, the yellow box that was right here. She goes, oh, I cleaned the kitchen. I, I, but where is it? I need it. She goes, uh, I, it, go, let's, look, look, go look in the bag. It wasn't the a freebie. Was Christmas gift. This was not like something no. I got for free. Like, no, I bought this, this is, with my this money. legit. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, okay, appreciate good. That. That's why I felt bad when my wife uh, made it disappear. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 209 here of the Truck Show Podcast. And we're I, back. Yeah, I am Lightning. He's Holman. And we've got some freaking breaking news to bring you on this show. But first, I have to say this. I couldn't have been more wrong in every single way. Um, on the you, last episode. By the way, you didn't say that. That was Bean. That was Bean from my old morning show. But I think it's funny. So, yeah, I was horribly Horribly wrong. And our listeners, uh, I had nonstop DMs from people going, "Really? Didn't you? Cor- why didn't you correct it?" Guys, you have to realize it's late. It's in a tiny studio, and you're in We're the moment. Tired. Yeah. And then I got in the car and I went, "Damn it!" So did I, by the because way, because I knew exactly what I should. And then I started one by one. Mm-hmm. Emails started trickling in from our listeners, going, "How did you not know about it? How did you not remember?" It's like, Shh! Yeah. So the conversation, in case you guys didn't hear episode number 208, um, we were talking about truck editions uh, integrated with like- Or cars, just or, brands. Or, or cars. Apparel brands. With apparel brands. And I had some 
cockamamie uh, some uh, cockamamie theory view? that it was some new thing that was happening right. where Carhartt and all these brands right. were te- no no it has been happening since like the seventies yeah like the Levi's uh, deal with Jeep and the Eddie Bauer edition or the like, Bill Blast Lincolns I guess I started so, going online and going oh yeah like fifty ways anyway we've got plenty of emails from you guys where uh, you were more than uh, gleeful to tell Lightning mm-hmm. how he was wrong. Not everything comes out just right. No, it didn't at all. I'll be happy to read those uh, later (laughs) in the show. So I welcome your scorn. I I bring it on. It was, uh, I blew hard. Really, well, like, tremendously. Easy. You know what I'm easy. saying? I just blew Chunks. Yeah, well, Chunks is uh, my dog. Yep. Hey, so, uh, moving right along. I, um, I, <sighs> my daughter has a new car. Uh-huh. Oh, wh- what? Whoa, that's, I... well, she's 14. Okay. And uh, we went up to visit my uncle at the ranch. I uh, saw those photos. You were driving a tractor. Yeah, well, she was she driving was, a tractor. She was driving a tractor. Uh, she got to drive an ATV for the first time. We got to drive the Kubota up there. And so this is where the odd Ford came from, my old flat fender, my 42. And so we get. I said, listen, this isn't a ranch in the sense that you're thinking. This isn't, you know, like horses and stuff. This is like- No, it's a piece of dirt. No, it's 150 acres. No, I know. It's a bit as dirt and scrub brush. Yeah. And he moves dirt around. He doesn't no, like grow no, things. No, no, no. He, he grows iron parts, and it's <laughs> full of iron parts and outbuildings and That's stuff. That's what I'm saying. Why he has a, a, a tractor. All, what does he move? Dirt. No, he moves all sorts. He moves all his vehicles around. And With he, a tractor. Uh, let, you have to. He has got to grade the road. It's a dirt road to get up there. Because they're decomposing? He's just moving parts well, from I one mean, area to the other? There are vehicles in various states of returning to the earth. That, uh-huh. that is true. And uh, my daughter, who is my oldest, she loves anything vintage. She goes up to uh, L.A. to vintage stores. She goes on eBay to find vintage pants. She goes to buy you know, Laurel Canyon to buy, uh, you know, to take pictures of the art up there. Old uh, vinyl. She's an old vinyl. Like she is. Does she have an old soul? She's a very old soul. Okay. Very old soul. And um, my mom, you know, takes her places, and she's been seeing Volkswagen Beetles, and she's like, "Oh, I love that!" And I brought home that Jeep Wagoneer. Um, the old one that was rust modded that they did for Easter Jeep Safari and had that last Christmas. Mm-hmm. She fell in love with that thing. And she just loves the smell of hydrocarbons and the way old cars sound. And we're out walking the ranch and there's this yellow beetle there. She's like, oh, I love it. Oh, oh, I love it. She's she's into She has my my dad's old Canon AE-1 SLR camera. Oh, my God. I remember From the, the 70s. Wow, that was that was hot stuff. And they're back then. built. They're, I mean, those things are expensive now. They're starting to become collectible. Really? My dad dug it out of the closet, took it to the camera shop, and she's been taking film photos and just having a, a blast. So she's taking pictures of everything, including. Ain't the, easy to the, find yeah. film these days, by the uh, way. We have a great place in Huntington Beach, owned by my neighbor. Uh, his son runs it now. Bill's camera, hmm. and they do. Uh, they've got all the film, and they still process photos, and it's it's great. So uh, she's taking pictures, and my uncle walks over. You like that car? And my daughter's like, yeah, can I have it? And I looked at her, and I'm like, I am no. going to smack the ever-living crap out of you. And it's the same look my mom gives me today. I flashed mm-hmm. to her, and she just looked at me like- Wait, you flashed your mom? No. Oh. And then uh, she just looked like the- uh, She didn't look at me like, did I overstep? Uh-huh. She looked at me quizzically like, hey, Dad, why are you looking at me like that? You know, and you're going, oh, if there was a table between us, I'd be kicking your legs right now. Anyway, my uncle says, well, how about you like it? Well, I, I, this is blah, 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 blah. He goes, I was going to build that for myself. Probably not going to get around to it. You know what? It's yours if you want it. <laughs> like, wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> so immediately uh, texted our good friend Sean Moore, who uh, we bought the uh, 
Lockjaw from, mm-hmm. and he's a Wait, huge SR, SRM guy. performances. Uh, Sean Moore and and raw powder coating. <laughs> Sean Moore uh, and also uh, gummy uh, rain uh, <laughs> energy Moore, drink. Yes. Sean Moore. Uh-huh. So I, I sent him a text and I said, "What do I need to know about this?" And he's like, "Well, how, what's the price?" And I said, "Free." He goes, "Bring it home." So uh, he's going to help me. It's it's literally. Have you seen his garage lately? Oh, by the way, it's amazing. There, I've never seen so many Volkswagen transmissions well, in that's different why, states of I know of assembly. That's why I need him. So there's two uh, Beetles there, and one's a '71 with uh, we think a 1600. So he's like, "Get the engine out of that, and I'll build it for your daughter's 60." So the one she wants is a 60. He's like, "That's definitely the one to have." It's got the uh, the square window in the back, and it's got like the little round you know oval grates. I'm not a Volkswagen guy per se. I know a little bit about them. So I'm learning. I'm like, I'm, it's kind of exciting because I'm like getting excited to learn for her. And she liked it because it was yellow. Well, it was blue was the original color. <laughs> and it was in an accident can once. So it was mismatched you, fender. Yeah, can so you see where it was blue? It's only yellow on the outside. So you open wow. the door jams, it's all blue. And I'm like. This is a lot of work, honey. I'm probably going to end up painting it because if I do everything to it I want to do to get it clean and reliable and, it, and the paint's not, I'm going to hate myself for it. And it's like, I'm just going to have to take it apart. And I told her, I'm like, it's going to get the original color. Oh, Dad, I really like you. I'm like, here's the deal, dude. You're going to have to trust me that I know what I'm doing. And this isn't your car. This is my car. And you're going to earn it with good grades. And you're going to earn it. And my mom's like, you got like two years of leverage over her. I'm like, I know I do. So we're going to milk that. Fortunately, she's a good student and a good kid. She's, you know, she deserves it. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where those things are becoming valuable. If I put, you know, five or $6,000 into it, get it mechanically right and get it all cleaned up, and or even if I spend you know, uh, more than that on a paint job and do that and then do all the mechanics, it's probably worth ten to 12000 bucks. Is it really? Yeah. Sean and was saying he bought a 60 for twelve five. Is there running. anything special about it? I mean, any, no. you know, like a 21 window or those no, things that are like it, really rare? No, it's not. It doesn't have semaphores. It doesn't have an oval window. It's, you know, not, nothing like that. But, you know, 60 was kind of a cool year, I guess. It's got a gas gauge on it and um, it's got... Uh, I think there's a steering damper or uh, any roll bar in the front. For the, you know, I'm like I said, I'm just learning. The paperwork says 60, but there's a couple clues where people are going, "Oh, I think it's a this, it's a that." No, it might be a 60 because that changed. So, but I guess VW parts are super, super uh, affordable. So, I'm going to spend the next year and a half dealing with this thing, <laughs> and she's already named it. And oh, uh, really? What's the name? Uh, Laurel after Laurel Canyon. Which is kind of appropriate. Yeah, like, it's it is. Cool. Huh. It's pretty How did she? Cool. Why? Why the fascination with Laurel Canyon? She's up there the music, for shopping. Yeah. Okay. No, no, the music. That, that whole scene. My my dad uh, has introduced her. She plays guitar. Did you see the documentary about the Laurel uh, Canyon music scene? Uh, no, but my I believe she has. Okay, I believe she has. So with my with my dad. So anyway, long story short, I inherited a uh, Volkswagen Beetle. That oh, you're gonna love this because you're a dad and you only have a one car garage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a three car garage, and it's full, and it's full, not of cars. Uh, the flat fender, and that's it. And my wife, I thought, I thought uh, your wife was pulling in every once oh, in a while. Oh, let's not talk about that. Ooh. No, she hasn't pulled in in two years. Neither of you. And either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Hey, uh, when am I going to be able to park in the garage?" I'm like, "Well, let's be honest. We leased your car. We don't really even own it. We should really be putting stuff we own in the garage, right? Yeah, I take need, good care of the I stuff you're going to I need room to to work and and you know to do manly do, stuff. Do manly and do my magic. You have the whole rest of the house. I just want the garage. So. What's funny about that is my kid, again, she's like Miss Magoo. She walks through the forest skipping and, and, and whistling as the trees are falling behind her and has no idea. Like, she's a good kid, super just, like, like optimistic and just a good soul. And da, 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 da. You're kind of describing my oldest kid. Yeah, my son. Well, 
she turns to me and she goes, and we can clean out the garage so I can park in it. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, what? I'm like, you think you're high enough priority on that? What are you talking? I'm like, we're going to call Jimmy DeFranco over a cow car cover, and that thing's going to be in the driveway with a nice car cover on it. But if you think you're getting into the garage before your stepmom does... You, you ain't that a, high on the priority you list. Got Sorry. Thing coming. So hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. So anyway, she's super excited, and I'm starting to get excited because I can see the potential in it, and I can see how much she love it, and how much I'm going to enjoy driving it when she comes home with mm-hmm. bad grades or says something uh, that I don't like. You know, it's <laughs> it's weird that we have so many parallels going on uh-huh. right now because I'm having I think more fun fixing up my kid's little Scion, uh-huh. which is like a little pocket racer. Yeah. That I think he is. Well, I saw that picture of you guys driving in it the other day. So he's getting good at, at stick shift. Like he's good. He, the only thing where he gets a little nervous is just reverse. It's oh, got, reverse you know, is easy though. I, I guess just because you you have to um, you got to clutch it so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just don't pop it out yeah. and go in reverse. And and so that's the only thing. But he got he got his driver's license. So he turned sixteen and he got his driver's license last Monday. So he's official. Nice. But like, dude, Christmas. I got him a new set of wheels. I got him a set of KW. Coilovers, dang! Like, look it's at you, legit. You basically bought him all the stuff you want. You that's know what exactly it, it was. That's it like is. the Simpsons, where Homer bought Marge the uh, what was it, the uh, crystal bowler or whatever, the bowling ball that was like see through, <laughs> yeah. like gel in it or something. Dude, that's literally what the it is. Stuff so bowler. He, so he wanted airbags, uh-huh. and I'm like airbag system. No. Even if we went to Mike Alexander mm. and, and 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 got hooked up, fun, it's fun for a project, be... not great for a daily driver. He just wants to lay it out. And uh, at school, oh, you know cool. what I mean. Yeah. So that would be cool, right? Well, harder to steal the catalytic converters that way. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and and they get janked off my yeah, uh, all my block all the time. Yeah. yeah. So something funny though. He's at a uh, at a at a New Year's Eve party, and they're all a bunch of sixteen year olds, and they start talking about cars. Some of the boys have cars, some don't. Whatever. And they're like, hey, Quinn, do you have a car? And I guess the girls are asking him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I got a little science C, and he shows a picture of it. Like, oh, that's that's a pretty cute little car. Whatever they say. And one of the guys like, yeah, but my, you know, I, I want to get a manual. And Quinn goes, uh, mine, mine's stick. Nice. And, and the girls go, the good-looking guys drive stick. Yeah. And he was pumped. Yeah, I bet he, he was, was pumped. Bright red too. Oh yeah, he was. But he, he that was the first thing I picked my, him up. My he, kid also, she wants to drive, learn how to drive stick. Yeah. And I told her I will teach you on the flat fender because if you can drive stick in that thing. You could drive stick I in anything. Was, I think it was the real. I think actually what she said. I think I screwed up. I think she said real men drive stick. Oh, there you go. And uh, and it, which is funny coming out of a sixteen year old's mouth. Yeah, because you, know you think mean? they're not even aware of manual transmissions or anything. They, you know? I just think they are. I, I don't know because maybe her dad drives. Well, who knows? Yeah, well, yeah but, whatever. I mean, that's how, you know that's like my but, house. But dude, he was going. He hops in the car and he goes, "You'll never believe what happened." Yeah. He goes, "Dad, you pull, you got," because he was kind of leaning towards getting. Uh, an automatic, just because it sounded easier to drive yeah. and whatever. But then, you know, at the last minute, we closed the deal on the on the, Dude, on the manual, the and I think he's happy with Oops. it now. Sticks make slow cars fun, number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And it's way, way more fun to drive a slow car fast than it is to drive a fast car slow. True. So when you have a slow car with a stick and you can, like, pocket rocket around corners and stuff like that and feel, like, all 100 horsepower, it's pretty, that's pretty well, rad. Because he, he was learning to drive uh, for the last couple months. We got on Sunday mornings early. We go right by your house. Mm-hmm. So... He hadn't found the power band because he's just kind of grandmawing it through the gears. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, go in third. We went down to Westminster, which is, you know, long stretch yep. that cuts yep. through like the oil fields yep. or whatever it is there yep. or the, the military base. By, yeah, by Seal Beach Naval Weapons Exactly. Center. So yeah. we get on that long stretch. It's, that's got to be a mile and a half, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And he puts it in third. I'm like, no, just go, Pat, go in a five, six grand in, a, in the RPM range. Yeah. And then, and then goose it. Yeah. 
and he does. He's like, whoa, there's so much uh, more yeah. power here. So I'm like, oh my god, I didn't teach the kid about a power so, band. You know where it is in this car. So, so now it's a whole new car to him. Right, Marin's mom. When we were together, when we first started dating, she had like a, a Honda Passport, which is a, a Suzu Rodeo with a stick. And we're driving up hills because she lives in San Diego, and we're going from Orange County down to San Diego on 73 when you go up the hills. Okay. And you can hear the bearings in the lower end of the, the <laughs> engine. I'm like, shift, downshift, downshift. She's like, no, I don't like it when it revs high. I don't like the sound it made. I'm like, no, downshift. She goes, no. I'm like, what do you mean you it's don't like it? So I had to take her for a ride in the automatic and show her that that's how the automatic transmission does it. And I'm like, see, the automatic does it. You have to do it. Oh, that makes it drive so much different, you know? But, it, I mean, you don't think about that if you're a new stick driver. You're just trying not to stall it, right? right. You don't That's understand exactly right. how, yeah. how the car works. Oh, that reminds me of a girl, Donna. Donna Everling, if you're listening, Donna. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the girl gets how she afforded a, a Porsche 944. I guess it was back in those days where they weren't worth anything. Yeah. This would be about 19- Which is about two years after um, it came out. Here, you're gonna, here's the old man, right? I think this is about 19. 19- 88, okay. somewhere on there. And she's got a nine. She's got a. And you a were nine, wearing a Oakley razor blade with nine, jam shorts. Was it a nine twenty four nine forty four? It had the glass and the you know the fastback. Th- th- those were basically the same. It was the well, crappier the 944, the two. Then it's the nine twenty four. Okay, so she has a nine twenty four. The nine forty four. You get like nine forty four turbo and. Four, she would, four always, cylinder, she would always drive down the street with like ripping it yeah. down the street. And then it comes on a flatbed one day, and they drive drop it off in front of her house. And I go to walk over. And I'm like, eh, I'm being nosy. What happened? She goes. Well, I I found out it had uh, more gears than I thought. I go, what? I don't. What do you What do you mean? She had been going down the 55 freeway. She worked in Costa Mesa from Orange. So this is about a I don't know what 22 mile drive or so, yeah, probably something like that. And she was going at 65 miles an hour in third gear. <laughs> she didn't know that it had four, five, and six. <laughs> it was probably four, four and five. five yeah. Four and five. That's it. She had no idea that she could go over, you know, down and over, whatever she didn't it was. look at the little gear shift pattern? Did, no, the... it was worn off when she got it. Oh, interesting. She had okay. no idea there was right. more gears. That's, All right. That's that's two sad trombones <laughs> before yeah, we, we, we start the show. Well, that's yeah. how 22 is going to be, apparently. No, 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 no. no, no we're no, starting no. out. We, we've got uh, some breaking news, so mm-hmm. we're, we'll get to that. Uh, we've got uh, regular news. We've got inbox. We've got your five star hotline calls. And you, you, you were privy to some information about a uh, GM product. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. But first, we have to thank Nissan. So uh, welcome back, Nissan, for 2022. Appreciate you guys. Uh, by the way, a listener emailed me about a Nissan. So we'll we'll, did, get, to, did, oh, we'll get to that later uh, okay. uh, in in emails as well. All right. If you're in the market for a pickup truck, you can head on down to your Nissan dealer. We can find either the Frontier, the Titan, or the Titan XD, the Frontier best in class horsepower and a badass looking little midsize truck. Mm-hmm. We really like it a lot. 310 horsepower from a 3.8 liter V6 backed by the nine-speed automatic transmission. And, of course, Nissan Titan and Nissan Titan XD. Now, it's too bad that uh, Nissan got rid of that amazing warranty That because it was it was too good to be true. It went on for way too long. I mean, five-year, 100,000 miles. It's just, it's like, how how long oh, are they willing to lose that, that money? You me. know what I'm saying? Number one, they are not losing money because they're super reliable. <laughs> Number two, you can still get the five-year, 100,000-mile uh-huh. warranty on the Titan. Number three, there's still a, one last fruitcake. And I think this is the final year that would have been fi- made it five years old. Do our listeners know what you're talking about? Uh, Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. We ate a uh, three-year-old fruitcake or a two-year-old fruitcake. No, an and, actual fruitcake. And there's one for Christmas because of the – basically, long story short, when Nissan introduced the Titan in the five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, they sent journalists around the country fruitcake and said the only thing that will outlast this fruitcake is the Nissan warranty. Apparently, at Nissan headquarters in Tennessee, there's one fruitcake left. Now, wait a minute. The one that you and I ate, yeah. I thought there were still remnants of it, no? Or did we trash it? No, we trashed that. Oh, we did? Oh, dude. Yeah, okay. if you guys had, haven't heard our uh, Christmas Nissan episode from 
God, 2018? Was it 2018? Yeah. We've been doing 19, this too long. Something like that. <laughs> I, I don't anyway, know. Anyway, Christmas. It was, it, it, you will, if you haven't heard that episode, that is probably the funniest one because like the laughter and the tears Holman and, and the I grossness. Holman and I were crying. Yeah, we, we know were we were just, crying. You can, you you can, can hear, hear us crying. Yeah. You can hear us crying. And, and, and our folks from Nissan were in the room with us and they yeah. were crying. So, it was so... I don't want to call it disgusting because it wasn't disgusting. No, no, no. It, it, was, was, it was such a it was, weird. The whole thing was weird. Yeah. It, we called the doctor. We called the celebrity chef. We, I mean, there was a lot did. of things that went we on. We tried to get episode. Dr. Drew on the phone, but he didn't pick he, up. Like, yeah. So we did, went to uh, Dr. Mo instead, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot we called yeah. Dr. Mo. Yeah. We had Corey Barr on. Oh, yeah. Corey Barr. He's, and everyone advised us to not eat it. And we did it anyway. <laughs> we did it was, it. No, I think Corey said it would be okay. He? Yeah, he said it was highly uh, preserved. I think Dr. Mo uh, was, he cautioned us. All I know sure. is there's fluorescent green fruit in there, and I don't know what that is. If I can get that fruitcake, should I? Absolutely. All right. Uh, NissanUSA.com, where you can build and price your uh, Nissan pickup of your dreams. And, of course, our friends over at Banks and uh, the boys over at BanksPower.com. I think... Uh, we want to talk about all the tuning options you have. I think so. I, I mean, when you're looking to get more horsepower out of your truck, you've got two main options, I think, Holman. You've got tuning options for those of you that are out of warranty, and then you've got great tuning options for those of you that are in warranty. So you've got flash tuners like the AutoMine 2, um, which you just connect to your OBD port, and it modifies your ECM with the new tune. And then you've got inline tuners. Now let me guess. The new- That's yep. the one for out of warranty. Correct. Yes, exactly. Well, because once you modify an ECM, you don't want to go to the dealer yep. and they're like, oh, you changed some stuff. But, it Duh. Will, I, but it's, an, it's an amazing tool for getting big horsepower. A lot, And we've got it, for, surprisingly, for Jeeps, for F-150s, for all the Ford 6.7s, the Ram 6.7, like uh, gas and diesel. A lot of applications. It's called the AutoMine 2 at BanksPower.com. And then you've got the inline tuners. And, and a lot of people just spit that out. They don't really understand what inline tuning means. It's in line with the sensors of your vehicle. Basically, like the Pedal Monster, it intercepts signals from a sensor. And, and then it, it, it jumbles them into its own thing. And sort well, I of, would say jumbles. It's like black magic. <laughs> Basically, signals go into a box. The box does a bunch of like black magic-y kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Modified signals come out the other side, and the vehicle adapts to those signals to give you power. We modify the signals before they get to the ECM. But the thing is that we, with the Banks tuners like the Derringer, um, the Six Gun, and the Economind, they plug into the OBD port. So uh, there are a lot of guys out there, a lot of fly-by-night tuners. No. There are. That these boxes that they sell don't even know what vehicle they're hooked up to. It could be a lawnmower, honestly. Like they, they have no idea. I want to do that. They just based on load, they add more fuel. The Derringer, the Economine, the Six Gun, they're on OBD. So as they're making tuning changes in real time, they're talking to the ECM, and the ECM is saying, "I'm at this coolant temp. I'm at this exhaust temp. I'm at all well, these things." And in with real all time. Banks products, there's a level of safety factored in to make sure that it doesn't do anything wonky that's going to blow up your engine. Yeah, the active safety watchdog circuitry immediately set your truck back to stock. All right, so Lightning, if I've got a uh, gas or diesel powered truck and I'm looking for tuners, where do I go again? Bankspower.com. All right. Uh, on that note, and uh, 20 minutes in, let's uh, do the rest of the show. <laughs> The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on electricity. So the Truck Show. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. 
you like how I covered up gasoline with electricity? Because that's I, what we're doing in this show, pal. I couldn't tell what you were saying. I just heard, is all I kind of yeah, heard there. Yeah, electricity. Yeah. Because, oh, is that what you said? Okay. Uh, the embargo has just lifted on the 2024 Chevrolet Silverado EV. Embargo. Hmm. So I was uh, lucky enough to be uh, personally invited out by uh, General Motors to see the vehicle firsthand uh, a week before Christmas, or actually the beginning of the week of Christmas, flew out to uh, Detroit. And had you were there for like it. one day, weren't you? Uh, actually, I would have been there for one day, but they could only fly me back on United, which I have no status on, and I'm platinum on Delta. And I'm like, nope, not going to go unless I go Delta both ways. And the travel agent's like, but, but we can't get you home. I go, can you fly me the next day? I'll pay for my hotel. And she's like, oh, you really want to go on Delta? I said, lady, it's the week of freaking Christmas. There's weather. I'm not flying home on United. I wouldn't fly United anyway. At least Delta, I have status. So if something goes wrong, I got priority. You know, if there's that one seat left on the plane to get me home, guess what? Good chance this dude right here is uh, is going to get it. Now, you said two words that I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. Travel agent? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, mo- Isn't it 2022 now? Uh, usually a third That's party. That's still a job? Yeah. There's huh. a lot of uh, travel agents on these big corporations where they- Oh, she worked for GM. Yep. Or, oh, okay. She worked for probably American Express Travel or something as a, you know- so anyway, uh, they got. I, I stayed an extra day in the hotel. They covered it, and uh, I got a chance to uh, fly home first thing in the morning the next day. So it was. Uh, so Silverado EV, interesting. It looks like a giant avalanche, and I told them at General Motors, I go, you guys totally missed out on what you should have called this thing because it's like Silverado EV. Oh, the avalanche. No, the avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah. For electricity in no, the middle. No, Avalanche. That sounds like it's angry and bad and horrible. Oh, Avalanche? Yeah, Avalanche. No, Avalanche. Avalanche. No, Avalanche is like, that's too much like my Aunt Branch. <laughs> no, it's too weird. Well, anyway, um, they uh, base it on the same Ultium platform as the new Hummer EV, mm-hmm. uh, but this is on their narrow platform. So the Ultium platform can be stretched. It can be widened. There's different, you know, uh, suspension it's stuff. modular or what? Yeah. So it can be scaled, I guess is a better way of saying it. So uh, this thing has a pretty long wheelbase, completely different. Nothing is shared with the Silverado pickup. And there's no bed separate from the cab. And it's on a skateboard chassis, which is the Ultium. The photo that you showed me just from the front looked Rivian-esque. Is that not no, fair to say? It's it's way bigger than the Rivian. Is it really? It's big. And so because General Motors was able to uh, start fresh on this new platform, they were able to change kind of like the preconceived notions of what a pickup truck is. So they moved the cow lower. They moved the front seat position forward, and you have better uh, visibility over the nose. And they moved the back seat backwards. And then they, unlike the Hummer, which has removable panels for the glass, this is a solid glass roof uh, that doesn't remove. So it's real airy and open in the back that has that feeling. But there's huge – I mean, if you're over six feet tall, no problem. Super comfortable in the back. It's a, it's a big truck. And then they take the mid-gate, which the Hummer has. You might remember the mid-gate from the old Avalanches. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the new version of it's called – I think it's the multi – The mid-ish gate? No, multi-flex <laughs> tailgate or uh-huh. multi-flex mid-gate. And what's interesting is it it's now 60 – Multi-flex f- mid-gate. You know, just like the multi-flex tailgate? No, I know. I'm just yeah. – it rings. It's, so it's phonetic. It's 60-40. So what's interesting about it is you can leave the glass in. Or you can take the glass out. The, the rear glass seat, is half full or glass is half empty? No, the glass is in or the glass is oh, out. Okay. And the back seat is 60-40 and the mid gate 60-40. What that allows you to do is fold down just 40% of the mid gate 
or 60% of the mitigate. That means you can still carry somebody in the back seat belted. And if you take the glass out, it's really open. If you leave the glass in, something like a kayak or something could slide into that space, right? And and if you had a tonneau cover, you'd still be sealed from the outside elements if it was short enough to be under the bed height. So that's one of their deals is 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 60-40 midgate. That's sort of new. GM's expecting a 400-mile range on a full charge. Oh, wow. Up to 664 horsepower with 780 pound-feet of torque available in max power, which they're calling wide open watts or wow instead mm-hmm. of WTF, which Hummer has. This is a two-motor setup versus the Hummer's three-motor setup, which is why it doesn't have as much power. Uh, and the motors, I guess, are a little bit different. They're saying 0 to 60 time less than 4.5 seconds, so similar to a TRX. Standard DC fast charging, up to 10,000 pounds of trailering, but the thing is heavy, only 1,300 pounds of payload, mm. which isn't, is, that's like Tacoma territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it has 10 outlets and up to uh, 10.2 kilowatts of offboard power. It could even charge other EVs. Everyone's touting this, and I wonder if this is a thing. You know, everyone talked about the F-150 when they said, oh, it can power your house. Yeah. How realistic is that? Now, I guess maybe that's arrogant for me to say because with the, the tornadoes in Kentucky and, and you know, last year, uh, the, the the freeze in Texas. So maybe that will come in handy in environments that... I, I think it absolutely... Or job sites or whatever. Okay, I mean, I'm just I'm yeah. having this discussion with myself on air here. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, okay, now I get it. Some of the other things, uh, there's the RST first edition and there'll be a fleet-oriented work truck model. At some point, there's going to be a 20,000-pound towing model. And the 20,000 pounds is the highest any electric, you know, full battery electric vehicle has talked about. Uh, so GM is basically tossing that out there. We'll, we'll have an electric vehicle that can tow 20,000 pounds. Wow. What that means in terms of range, who knows. But uh, four-wheel steer. So this is the RST what, first edition. What does that compare to? I mean, what in Like Super Duty? Class? Okay. Uh, HD, okay. like three-quarter ton, okay. 2,500. Well, the, those are in the 30s, aren't they? The, the HD? Oh, I guess that, that'll be a 3,500, right? Right. Okay. So the flagship first edition is the RST. There'll be the RST and there'll be the work truck. The RST comes with 24-inch wheels, which you'll like. Uh, it is front and rear motor, so it is all-wheel drive, although it's this is more like a uh, street version than like the Hummer, which is more off-road. Four-wheel steering, automatic adaptive air suspension, although the four-wheel steering does not have crab mode. That stays with Hummer. Oh. That's, dude, that's no, no, uh-uh. If you've got crab mode, it's got to be across the entire fleet. Don't you think? No, crab mode, Hummer only. Be really? a baller or don't get it all, you know? Just that mode alone yeah. is worth See, it's cool. it's like spending. Like I said, it's driving note. in 3D. Again, multiflex mid-gate that expands the truck's cargo capability. Um, multiflex tailgate uh, with power release. 17-inch diagonal LCD freeform infotainment screen, which is kind of cool because it's uh, there's holes punched in it for the volume knob and stuff like that. And it's sort of like a, a, a rhombus. And in in its shape. Oh, what? Uh, and there's an 11 inch reconfigurable Don't, diagonal screen. Hold on a second. Can't just go by a rhombus. What are you talking about? The shape of it is a rhombus. I know, but I don't. I'm, I don't remember Google geometry. It. You'll, you'll be okay. Okay, but now wait. So they punched a hole in. Is this kind of like you, the the glass in your iPhone where it's it goes around the speaker? Is that what you're saying? So no, no, no. The the screen has the knob for volume punched in the middle of it. So it's a screen on either side. Which is pretty cool. So the knob floats in the middle of the touchscreen. Right. So what I'm saying yes. is, okay, interesting. I, I need to see this because this sounds very cool. Uh, so the 17-inch center screen, 11-inch configurable driver information display, and it'll be a 14-inch heads-up display. Whoa. So massive field of view. 
Trailer Incapable Super Cruise, that which is like the, the biggest one we've ever seen, like 14 inch. That's, a, that's we're, big. I'm normally just used to seeing about, what is it, five or six tops. Yeah, probably something like that. Because you've got the Speedo and maybe a couple of parameters, temps or whatever. Mm, so wow. Trailer Incapable Super Cruise, which is the uh, first true hands-free driving assistance technology, allowing drivers to not only travel hands-free more than 200,000 miles of compatible roads across the U.S. and Canada, but do it while towing, which is uh, pretty crazy. And then there will be the work truck trim. That's actually going to be 510 horsepower and 615 pound-feet of torque. It'll be steel spring suspension, 18-inch wheels, things like that. It won't have you know all the the uh, all the wizardry, smaller displays. And the work truck trim will offer 8,000 pounds of towing and 1,200 pounds of t- uh, payload. And again, that 20,000 pound max tow model will will follow. Lots to unpack here. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with the chief engineer on the project, so I figure uh, let's uh, let's let her tell us all about it. Yes. All right, so I am uh, in Michigan in a top-secret location with a top-secret truck that I can't talk about yet, but by the time you hear this, I'll be able to talk uh, to you about it. So, Because uh, we're not going to break embargo because Megan will give us the stink eye over there. <laughs> All right, so uh, who am I with? Nicole Kretz. I'm the vehicle chief engineer for our Silverado EV. All right, so lots to talk about. This is really exciting. Um, obviously, the EV pickup truck market is starting to explode, and um, this is Chevy's first effort to put their spin on on what's coming. Um, I guess the easiest way to describe it to somebody who's listening is it's an avalanche-like form factor. I <laughs> I know that you guys are trying to do something different, but we have to, you know, so they have it in their mind what we're talking about. So real quick, uh, just to circle back on that avalanche theme. They told us that they had goals that they wanted to set. They wanted to... Do they cringe when you say avalanche? I mean, they kind of giggled a little bit and laughed, and they, 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 they didn't approach it to be a new avalanche. That wasn't the goal. But when they started building it, that form factor just made sense. For example, it's a 5'11 bed with the mid-gate down. It turns into just over 9 feet. And when you have the multiflex tailgate down with the little load stopper popped up in the back... It's 10 feet, 10 inches, I think. Holy crap. Yeah, and then you can remove the glass so you have a fair amount of height. Well, when they started doing all that, they, they wanted to have that flexibility, and really the only way to do it was a mid-gate, right? Because they're not, they don't have a cab separate from the bed. And on top of that, they, they had to do the sail panels for Arrow, which is what the Avalanche had. And so they ah. basically sort of never thought about Avalanche and then backed into it and went, oh, it's sort of like a new Avalanche. That's why I think... Ford's doing with the Lightning. Chevy could bring back Avalanche as their electric pickup and and have more personality than Silverado EV. That's yeah. why you know I don't think it necessarily Avalanche. Yeah, I mean it doesn't need to be called Avalanche or whatever. It's funny, but I think if they just called it the Avalanche, I think there would have been some name recognition there that would have better competed against Lightning rather than just Silverado EV. And we have... And uh, it shares nothing with Silverado. Like, the Avalanche has got a lot of lovers out there, too. Uh, t- well, it was a great vehicle because it was... What's, bi- our, what's our friend that used to... Our, our desert B- friend? Billy Creech. Yes. And the, the later ones, the GMT 900s... <laughs> Sorry, Billy. <laughs> the GMT 900s had... Um, you know, it was based on a suburban platform, so it had coil springs in the back. So it was actually the best version of that vehicle because it had an open bed and coil springs in the back. And it wasn't as long as a long bed truck, you know, all those kinds of things. So that's why I'm going, like, I, I joke that Avalanche to me would have been a better vehicle. I think that could have been cool. Plus, like, how do you put out electricity? Well, you take a giant mountain of snow and dump it on the power station, right? Or whatever. I mean, they, they, they could have had fun they, with they it. They could have had fun with they it. They should have asked you they is what sh- you're saying. They should have had fun yeah. with it. Nah, they should just listen to the show. We mm-hmm. wouldn't told them. But from there, uh, let's talk about um, what Silverado EV is. So um, Silverado EV is really a reimagined pickup truck. We designed the truck from the ground up. 
um, using the Altium platform where all of our batteries are stored to be able to really build upon something new and um, create innovative uh, features, technologies, and as, as you're sort of alluding to, great aerodynamic performance. We know that um, customers coming into the EV market really are looking for range um, and the most range that they can get in their EV vehicles in general. And so this pickup truck is going to be capable of um, over 400 miles of range, which is an amazing feat in the pickup truck market. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is by designing in specific features that really improve the aerodynamics of the vehicle. Not only range, which is hugely important to the truck market, but also 1,300 pounds of payload. And at this point, um, up to 10,000 pounds of towing. That's right. So... Um, you know, everything that a Silverado, Chevy Silverado EV has been known to have in terms of performance, durability, and capability has to be designed into the Silverado EV. That was our starting point. And then on top of that, we can offer additional features, additional excitement into the vehicle with storage capability. I mean, 664 horsepower and 780 foot-pounds of torque is Amazing under four and a half second Silverado pickup truck. Those are some really great statistics. Those are things that people are really going to appreciate, and you can only really get from an EV pickup truck. Now, this is using uh, GM's Ultium platform, which has gotten a lot of press in the news. There's a, other uh, um, versions of this platform that will be out there. This is basically what you guys are calling like the Truck Narrow platform. It's allowing you to do some things with packaging. So in regards to a uh, typical Silverado, the driver sits I had a question about the batteries. Do you get into that here, the Ultium platform? Do you spend any time yeah, talking little, about little it? I'm, this I, is the future of all GM basically electric vehicles. It's the Ultium platform. I guess I'm curious about the battery tech. Is it similar? We, we've dug into it on other episodes. We've kind of, well, we've dabbled in a little bit. Is How does their battery tech compare to others that are out there? Or No, it's, the, it's state of the art, it, and it's just like the Hummer, uh, same battery setup. Depending on the wheelbase and the size of the platform is how many cells you get. The cells are what dictate range and power output and all that kind of stuff. Sure. This is a 24-cell pack. So keep that in mind as you hear GM talking about Ultium as it relates to different vehicles in the future. I think this is the largest. This and the Hummer. I think the Hummer is also 24 packs. I think the Hummer uh, SUV, because it's a shorter wheelbase, I want to say is only 20 packs. Basically, the platform can scale up and scale down based on the vehicle. So this is just one of those things to know you may be thinking, oh, you know, uh, a Hellcat 707 horsepower in a Charger, but only 702 in a TRX. It'll be the same thing. Oh, the Hummer has a 24, you know, pack Ultium chassis. This one has a, you know, 20 pack or whatever. But the Avalanche is a, or the Avalanche. <laughs> so the Avalanche will be a, a 24 battery pack as opposed to the Hummer EV uh, SUV with, with 20. Uh, and then again, two motor versus three motor. So those are the things that kind of start figuring out as you're hearing people talking about electric vehicles in the truck space. It's going to be what, how many motors, mm-hmm. how the motors are deployed on the platform. Are they in line? Are they at the wheels? Are they, you know, whatever. And then what's the battery capacity, kilowatts, size of packs. And it'll be, some of it will be marketing. Some of it will be proprietary for now. You may not hear somebody, everybody say kilowatt hours the way that maybe a Tesla does, right? Um, you may hear well, here's our platform, and this has to compare in-house 24 to 20 or whatever. They're going to have to make a consistent— It's going to have to be standardized at some point. Yeah, exactly. But at least you're seeing the number. I mean, when Hummer came out, it was like, 10,000 pound-feet of torque. There's I mean, actually some SAE yeah. standards coming where they can basically translate EV torque into a number that is comparable to what you'd get in a gas-powered vehicle, and that's why you're seeing these numbers come down. 
I mean, obviously, the amount of power this thing has is, is pretty incredible, but it's not 10,000, right? So so when you put a, an electric vehicle on the dyno, does it calculate? Okay, I, I, we'll stop there. I'm going to get someone on the show. Your mind can... is smoking. I see smoke coming <laughs> I know, out of your right? ears again. I'm going to get Matt Gamble on, on right. one of the upcoming shows. Yeah, we'll talk about it. He's got some EV tech he's working All on. All right, so. cool. What are some other things that this platform allowed you to do differently on this vehicle than maybe a traditional body-on-frame internal combustion truck? Yeah, I mean, it really starts with looking at what the customers desire and value out of a pickup truck. And so when you compare it to other like equivalent trucks in the market today, um, the wheelbase is a little bit um, longer. The overall length of the truck is about similar to cab plus pickup truck bed vehicles. However, the pickup truck bed itself at 5 foot 11 is a really great size. And so what we're able to do is optimize every single section, every single compartment of the vehicle. On top of that, um, we have a really flat floor now because we don't have to make room for a transmission. And so you get this huge cargo capacity on the interior. Our console is holding over seven gallons of, of items. I mean, you know, that's some incredible storage. Amazing you say that because the truck I'm driving right now has about a four-gallon console and I've shoved seven gallons of stuff in it. So sure good, yes. <laughs> good, good to know that you guys are looking out for us. Um, yeah. You also have a mid-gate, so if you're familiar with the Avalanche of the past or even the Hummer EV, uh, so it's it's one singular body. You don't have the break between the cab and the bed, so that's, that's right. uh, architecture change there. You do have a, a frunk or a hood with a storage in the front that will have... Um, uh, lighting and power and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a two-motor version of the Ultium platform, so one per axle yep. uh, will be an all-wheel drive vehicle. Let's talk about the power, the exportation of power, because you guys have made a, a huge push into making this a mobile generator in a lot of ways, e- even so far as being able to charge another EV. That's right. So um, it's it's more of an inverter than a generator because it's taking power out of the battery system, inverting it and giving it to the customer and however they want it. So the Silverado EV has been designed so that it can charge any other vehicle. And with the 400-mile range pack, of course, if you're not driving 400 miles, you can give a little bit to someone else and and get them going on their way you know the first chevy that is seen charging a tesla is going to take over the oh no what i would do and i'll I'll, i'm going to give this free idea out there uh i'm going to start a youtube channel i'm going to get an ev uh silverado uh from them for a year and then I'm going to go to where all the electric overlanders are with Rivians who ran out of juice on the trail. <laughs> and I'm going to have Sean's off-road recovery. And I'm going to charge them from my Silverado EV and do YouTube videos on it. It would be funny except for how boring it would be transferring electricity <laughs> from one to All right, we're here. This, this guy, he's been stuck for two days. Uh, there's not a generator around except for in my Silverado EV. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going to plug it in. Here Like that? No, we're still waiting. <laughs> it's charging. Hey, you know what we uh, you know what we do when we charge? We charge some more. That's right. We charge some more. <laughs> um, the second thing is that we're offering up to ten point two kilowatts of offboard charging um, capability. So if you which by like the way is a lot, it's huge. But that's that's not it's probably uh, the best in the market today. Yeah. I don't want to make all of those claims for my communications um, folks that are <laughs> sitting nearby. However, I will say that it's beating some of our primary competition. That's what we set out to do. Um, you know, you can go to a campsite, a job site. 
you can charge your home. You can do all of these things with the truck. And so it's really about the versatility of being able to give the customers what they want, let them choose how they want to go use it. And that's really the approach that we took when we designed it. You know, I, I love off-roading and overlanding and all that kind of stuff. And all, I'm thinking of, you know, I would grab one of these things and I would just put, like, Sean's recovery on the side. And so when all the uh, off-roaders who go electrified get stuck without power, right. I'll just roam the trails charging them from my, uh, from my Silverado EV. You guys also have 100 miles of EV range in 10 minutes on a fast charge. So, um, you know, one of the things in my experience of driving EV trucks over the last year, let's say, is... And a lot of people ask me, so what's the biggest difference? And it's not necessarily the, the quietness, the power. You know, those are all important things. It's reimagining or rethinking your fueling strategy. So if you know that you're plugging in every night to get to 100 and you have that ability, during the day or on longer trips, you're no longer trying to get to 100 like you would in a, right. an internal combustion vehicle where you would fill up the gas tank to 100% and be on your way. Mm-hmm. So the ability to get that extra 100 miles gets you a little bit closer to a traditional truck experience because you maybe, if you could fill up 100 miles of range every 100 miles, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you can cover a lot of ground in a day in the same time you would you know, go get a cup of coffee or, or go grab something to eat or, or whatever. And that really changes things because what I realize is you only maybe need to fill up to 50% or right. 80% just to get to that next charger that's on your list. Um, I think that's really novel, and having 10 minutes for 100 miles is, I, I, to me, I'm thinking about that, going, man, that, that, that changes a lot of the range anxiety, knowing that I don't spend two hours at a Walmart somewhere waiting. For- Do you have any idea what kind of heat that creates, these supercharging scenarios? Yeah, a, a metric crap ton. I mean, I'll tell you, it was a uh, 95 degrees. When you charge like an RC car, just just a tiny well, little lithium-ion RC car battery, when I was it on gets the, warm. When I was on the Rivian trip, and it was 100 degrees, almost 100 degrees off the side, maybe 92, 94. The same system that provides AC is the same system that cools the battery pack. So as we were at a supercharger sitting in the Rivian with the AC running as it was plugged in, you could tell when thermal management kicked in on the batteries because it would pull cold air that it would otherwise use to cool the cabin, and it would go toward cooling the batteries, and then you'd be like, oh, man, it's getting hot in here. Don't they liquid cool some of the batteries? Yes. Okay. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. You know, I, um, I'm i a um, traditional ice pickup driver before, you know, this EV pickup truck and the Hummer EV have come out, and um, range anxiety was on my mind. It's on a lot of people's minds. It's especially on people's minds who have never experienced EVs of any sort before. Sure. And um, a huge part of my experience in how I've been more comfortable driving EVs, like our Hummer EV, is being able to um, go to a stop, charge for 10 or 15 minutes, you're getting a coffee, you're going shopping, and then come back out and you've got the range that you need. And so it's really important that um, everyone understand what DC fast charging is for and that you're not um, necessarily intending to sit there for the full 400 miles. Sure. Of course, you can you know sit longer and charge. But being able to have these touch points where you're driving and fueling, um, to your point, is really important to the customers. And I think as the infrastructure grows and as the industry grows, people are going to become much more comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, know, you look at the heavy-duty market and obviously a completely different use case with towing and things like that but in the consumer grade market in the half ton if you will i think that you know 100 miles in 10 minutes is a really that stepping stone to start doing cross-country trips when you have 400 miles range at your disposal 
We've had um, folks that have done cross-country trips in our EV pickup trucks, and it's it's absolutely something that we're capable of doing. We have photos of people who have um, gotten down to um, the southernmost point in Florida and who have gone out west all the way to California. It's absolutely an option. It's an opportunity, and I think people just need to learn a little bit more about what that means sure. and how to do it, and it's not something overly complicated that you need to you know, overstress on and overanalyze and plan um, on your drive. The... Um, the infotainment that's in the Silverado EV has um, destination, charge at destination. It shows charge stations along the way. Your apps show it. There's so much technology available for customers to know where their next charge location is that it really isn't something that they become anxious about any longer. And we'll get into this, the screens in the interior in just a minute. Um, I wanted to cover you know, the Can the I pause you here for one second here, Holman? Sure. Um, what is, because we know... Tesla's got their charging station network. Uh, Rivian's working on a charging station network, or they're they're partners with one, right? Uh, what is Chevy's? What is GM's plan for a for a network? So GM uh, has something they call a Ultium Charge three hundred and sixty. I think it's a holistic approach to EV charging, is what they like to say. And basically, that means that they're giving you access somehow to uh, they're they're claiming 100,000 publicly available charging points in the US and Canada right now. So it's a partnership for it's them. It's a partnership with somebody. Yeah. Okay. And and I mean Tesla is proprietary but they're even talking about, you know, a test case where they're opening up their charging network to other EVs and things like that and Rivian has a charge network but you can also and all the EVs you can charge off of, you know, um, a public Available charge point, Electrify America. There's a bunch of them. God, you know, it's, it just occurs to me that Clipper because I, I haven't ever driven one for more than a mile, and I've never charged up in an EV. Hmm. What's the billing like? You know, uh, it's not that much cheaper than gas, depending on where you are. I mean, I the places are free still if you're lucky. So you've done, and I forgive me for being California pompous guy, but I this is familiar because I was taking my kid up to Chico State up in Northern California and as we go over the grapevine you drop down yep. on the left hand side you got the In-N-Out Burger yep. over there and you got a big Tesla charging station yep. just like Baker same deal on the way to Vegas yeah exactly oh yeah I've seen that one as well and they're all lined up and there's a line to park yeah. to, to, to charge yeah. and, I, and, I, and I thought oh that's so cool of Tesla to, oh, wait a minute they're charging right so what does it cost to fill up if you want to sit it, there for half an it hour? It depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the answer is it depends, but it's it's not as cheap as you think. Uh, and you got to remember, like in California, there's an excise tax or road use tax that's tapped onto gasoline. So with every electric vehicle, the state's not getting that tax for infrastructure. So you yet just, you just yet. wait yet. because there's going to be, and I think there's a, a electric uh, serve charge on registration now for EVs in California. But I guarantee you, those types of charging stations outside the home that are metered for just EVs, if there's not already, there'll be a tax on them at some point. So the cost of ownership will probably come through less maintenance, although it's not no maintenance. You still have brake fluid and tires and brakes and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting because I have a feeling that if people are buying vehicles to feel good, that they're willing to pay any price. And if that's the case... People who supply energy, energy is already expensive in this country, especially in the last year, uh, as we all know, that's going to apply to electricity as well. And you've seen some of the big snowstorms come through Northern California, the big one last year that went through uh, Texas or some Northeastern. No electricity. No electricity. Again, you know, I am on the fence about it. I think there's definitely use case for electricity. It's awesome. You can store 
gas or diesel, mm -hmm. not that you want to, but you could mm -hmm. store a 50-gallon yeah. drum, right? Sure. You can't really store a 50-gallon drum of electricity <laughs> in your garage. Well, I mean, you could on a Tesla Powerwall or something like that. Okay. So, All I mean, right. that's that's possible, but the, the problem is that if you're not making power anymore because there's snow on your panels or it's raining or whatever, that changes that. So, to me, it's like gasoline is... In some ways, sort of a fixed cost commodity. You sort of know what you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Electricity is all over the place. Are you getting it for free from solar and you have that set up on your house? Well, you're not getting it for free because you spent $50,000 on two power walls and a roof full of solar. So there's going to be an amortization of costs there. Are you getting it from a expensive area of the west side of Los Angeles where demand is high and you're paying whatever the price is per kilowatt hour. Are, so are you in the West where it's all coming off the Hoover Dam? Right. You know, you know, in California we shut down our last two, you know, nuke power plants. So you're not making that that clean energy like you used to. You know, windmills only do so much. Solar only does so much. You know, the reason solar farms are so big is because they have to take into account when there's clouds over part of it, hopefully it's sunny over here. Um, obviously, there's electric, you know, hydroelectric, but you've got fish and environmental impacts there, and so there's a lot of things to consider. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's like you know, you feel good about electricity, but you know, uh, we'll have lots of comments on Matt Farah's interview last week from our listeners. Mm, but yes, we will. One of the things that he said that made a lot of sense was, you know, we're outsourcing our problems to somebody else, and so it's interesting. So. I don't want people to listen and go, oh, these guys are totally these green, you know. No, uh, you they're know, not going to. No. no we're, we're trying to give you, with an open mind, everything about trucks we have access to and let you guys decide. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying I've had some really positive experiences. I'm still held back internally because I know some of the challenges. But I want people listening to the show to know that they can come here and we'll give them the information and they can at least be informed about it. The long wheelbase has allowed you to have that, that 5 foot 11 bed. We talked about it. A lot of, uh, you know, the middle bed in a lot of trucks today is anywhere between six foot and maybe or five seven to like six four or somewhere in there six and a half feet so there's really a sweet spot but other ev pickups are as small as four and a half feet right and so you guys were able to extend the wheelbase give it that full size truck feel in terms of size now obviously with longer trucks comes a little bit you know harder in terms of maneuverability you've added rear steer to it and so you have the ability to really have a tight turning radius with the, with the vehicle yes yeah, so a couple of things i don't think it's as simple as the wheelbase in the truck bed because if you look at our um, silverado ice pickup today as an example there's a five foot eight bed and the wheelbase is um just a little bit shorter so the little bit that we've lengthened and we'll give you these numbers but a little bit that we've lengthened the wheelbase and the overall length of the truck does not equal how much bed we've been able to open up. And so it's really been about that front overhang, mm -hmm. capitalizing on the EV architecture itself and how you can redesign. I mean, you've basically got a flat metal you know, floor that you can move around the front compartment, the cab, and the pickup truck. So these are choices that we make as to how much spaciousness we put in each of those areas. Um, and so from that perspective, it's really something that we've, um, we've just redefined. Now, you've included a mid-gate, a uh, little bit more novel than maybe past mid-gates, sort of like you know, mid-gate probably version 3.0 or something like that now, but you've got a 60-40 split where you can leave the glass in, you can take the glass out, and you can lower the whole thing. You, there's a bunch of different configu uh, configurations. Yep. With the mid-gate close and the tailgate close, again, it's a 5 foot 11. Mm -hmm. If the mid-gate is uh, open and the tailgate's closed, that gets you just over 9 feet. Yep. And if the mid-gate is open and the tailgate is uh, 
uh, open with the load stop because you have like uh, the you know, configurable multifunction tailgate mm-hmm. with the little uh, flipper that gets you uh, 10 feet 10 inches which is a really long bed it's um, very impressive the team is really proud of the work that they've done we really looked at um, the things that people are trying to put into their truck beds that they don't want hanging off the back they don't want to have to put little red flags at the back of it um, they want to keep their um, cargo dry uh, dirt bike putting a dirt bike in the back what, what about it it will that'll work right meaning I can remove the glass put the mid gate down you probably fit it without removing the glass keep the mid gate up but here's my question so normally with a with a dirt bike you're gonna tie it down off the handlebars straight to the sides there's and t- forward down to the back I'm just wondering if the handlebars would hit the back of the like a like a, like a 250 right they're pretty tall would it hit the no because your wheels so far forward no, your wheel is your wheel is basically into the cab of the truck at this point, right? Well, you're asking about the midgate, so right? Yes. So, so, so the midgate's down. My wheel is. I'm just trying to picture this. My 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 front wheel is in the cab, basically. But you have five foot eleven. You can do it without it, moving the midgate. Is it really? It's it's five foot eleven. No, 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 no. The height. Not. Let's talk height now. But the height is only five foot eleven is uncovered. Yes. Nine foot nine is when you have to worry about the height. It's open behind that. The bed's open. Well, my there. my handlebars will fit into the cab. Basically, is what I'm saying. Why or, would you or, put them in the cab? You don't need to. Because it's f- f- a, a dirt bike six something. Okay, put the midgate so, down with your load stopper, or put it side, or put it at an angle, and you don't have to touch the midgate at all. Oh, like all the Toyota guys do. Well, there you go. <laughs> and um, protected from the elements, and so with the tonneau cover on the top, you can put really long items in. You can put um, dry with, uh, drywall sheets all the way through with the tonneau on, and you can get them home even in the rain. So with the mid-gates, the, the seats flip down, the bottom panel open, but the glass in, the tonneau still kind of gives you, it's That's almost right. like an SUV in that sense, where right. it gives you that, that really protected space protected for long storage. the wind and the rain and the elements, and you know, and if you don't have something four feet wide, if you, have, if you want to use the 60% side, you can still put that rear passenger back there, which we think is going to be um, a huge game-changer in that mid-gate section. And this is a uh, uh, four-wheel independent uh, suspension with air suspension, adaptive air suspension. So uh, truck can be uh, lowered. It can be uh, lifted up to get over obstacles. You've got your typical like modes for kneel, things like that that you would expect. But again, novel getting into the space with all you know, independent suspension and still having you know, 1,300 pounds of, of payload and 10,000 pounds of trailering. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about um, the chassis design is that the truck itself feels so um, so strong going over bumps, over swells in the road. I mean, the structural feel of the vehicle starting there is amazing. And then on top of that, being able to have a suspension that you can raise and lower gives people the flexibility. You know, I'm short. No one on your podcast can see that, but you can. <laughs> and in my five foot three stature, you know, I even even with the assist up, I would like that truck to be lowered. And so it's got the ability to raise and lower up to 50 millimeters. And um, that allows us to do exit modes. Um, for taller folks that don't want that, the truck can stay you know, up higher. And so the flexibility that we've put into that adaptive air suspension has been something that's been really great. And the interior is uh, unlike the Silverado. The new, we, we've, we've talked about the new uh, 2022 Silverado, which the dash redesign is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's just, just nailed it, the big screen and everything. Well, you guys have taken the next level with the Silverado EV. So you've got a 17-inch LCD freeform uh, infotainment screen with an 11-inch diagonal uh, reconfigurable driver information center. Mm-hmm. And 
I do have to thank you for putting knobs in it. There's a knob for volume. There's a knob for climate control. Truck guys like knobs. And so you have. Dude, we like our knobs. There's volume knob. The, all the HVAC is a knob. And then they also made on the screen, they bunched together, uh, you know, virtu- what they call it, virtualized buttons mm-hmm. uh, for all the stuff that you want access to right away that doesn't have a hard button. The beauty behind that is you don't have to go through menus to find what you're looking for. Dude. We love knobs. Uh, in an interior that has a different vibe, it's a little bit more athletic and sporty, I would say, than the typical uh, Silverado. But you, you also left the man-machine interface there in the way that truck owners want to see it. We don't want you know, giant screens with buttons that you have to touch because they're hard targets to hit. It's nice to have all the features that the screen brings, but having those hard buttons to get into them, I think, is, is huge. And, and you guys have left a number of those hard buttons for the things we care about. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a truck driver. And I tow my boat and trailers and snowmobile trailers and all those things that are important. And so I know how important um, tow haul mode and, and different ride modes are, entry exit mode, ride heights, reconfigurability. And then, of course, the HVAC controls, um, volume buttons, not having to slide your finger yeah. across the screens. And so I will say that there is a place for virtualization of controls that you don't use frequently. Um, there's also a way to do virtualization in controls where they're at your fingertips. And we've thought through that very thoughtfully and will I think will surprise and delight yeah. folks like you that talk about virtualization. And then at the same time, we've also acknowledged that there are some things where it is just faster and easier and we don't need cumbersomeness to be added to our drivers. Everything that we've done in the Silverado EV design has really been about what we have heard from our customers and what we as customers ourselves know that we want a pickup truck to be like. We want spaciousness. We want, you know, better couple distance. We want second row adults to feel comfortable when they're driving in this riding in the second row. And so so much has gone into this just because we're customers too and we understand, you know, what the full size segment needs. Well, and you guys did a lot to uh, for safety. Uh, it's got Chevy Safety Assist. Uh, it's got the available Super Cruise, which with, it, trailering. with trailering. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> which is which is awesome. Yes, um, I think I think that's super cool. But then you also went for styling, available twenty four inch wheels. By the way, twenty four. Twenty four. I knew you'd like that. My God, it's taken manufacturers so long to get to twenty fours. I had a guy uh, text me today, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I've got a twenty two Audi SQ three. And he goes, uh, it's got 23s on it because it has the ceramic brake package. I went, that's a weird wheel size. And I said- 23 is a weird one. Weird. Well, and at, at like, first, 21s were weird. A lot of the European cars had yeah. them. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say European, right? Anyway, um, yeah, 23. But he was looking for winter tires for it. I'm like, good luck, good dude. Good luck with 23s. <laughs> yeah, that's a hmm. weird size. I know you guys don't want me to go here, but I, I just, I'm an Avalanche fan, and I, I just, and I think, you know, Av Elanche would have been great, I'm just saying. But, um, so the work truck variant, there will be one available um, starting at, was it just under $40,000? So there is a um, work truck model that will be available at $39,900. It'll be a lower range model available. Um, We're going to launch first, though, the work truck that has the 400 miles of range with the 24-module Altium battery pack. And that's really because our fleet customers have told us that they desire that variant first. And we're working very closely with them to kind of support their sustainable future and their sustainable goals as well. Um, and that's basically, so that's the same battery pack as the RST. It is. It's the same battery pack as the RST. Um, it's got 18-inch wheels and tires, so there's some differences in the aerodynamics between you know 18s and 24s. And um, there's a couple other differences just to, um, you know... 
the fleet customers and the work truck customers tend to be ones who want more functionality and less um I'll just say glam. Yeah, and sure. so, you know, the two trucks have definitely been designed distinctively different. A, a perfect example would be motors, customers. right? It would be like, you know, it's 510 horsepower, 615 pound-feet of torque versus 664. the... 664. 664 and 780. <laughs> and, of course, the reason for that is because you're, you're calling it uh, wide-open watts. Uh, you don't imagine a fleet customer wants their guys driving around doing 0 to 60 in sub-five seconds in the work truck. So right. it's not necessary. And I would imagine with less power... Um, output, you can probably tune for a little bit more efficiency, which is what the fleet guy is looking for. That's right. Um, We've heard the fleet customers, they really feel the safety of their drivers is important. They don't want um, their trucks to be uh, too fast for those drivers. And at the same time, there's a versatility in the RST that says, you know, um, wide open watts mode is kind of however you choose to be under four and a half seconds. But at the same time, you know, we're going to put in the normal driving mode with um, a really great performance behind it. You're going to be able to trailer with those kind Kinds of numbers, even in the work truck, offering 8,000 pounds of trailering, and then up to the 20,000 pounds of trailering, we're going to mix and match some of the features. Wait, what? I know, right? So, I think that might be the best in those full-size yeah, EVs. Yeah, so right? nobody has announced a, uh, a full-size EV or EV pickup truck with that kind of towing. So you guys are saying down the line... More information to come, but 20,000-pound towing capability. We're doing it. We want to show um, our customers and future customers that the Chevrolet Silverado is a pickup truck. It's a pickup truck first. It's got the performance and capability of a Silverado. And in addition to that, we can design and engineer an EV that can tow up to 20,000 pounds comfortably. It's got the right power. It's got the right torque. It's got the right steering. We're going to add in our four-wheel steer system to that to make the stability and dynamics of trailering just feel really great. And um, we're really excited and proud to be able to offer that and, and announce that along with our reveal. And even, so we saw pictures of the uh, work truck and, you know, not everything was, was painted, had the gray plastic, it had the, the, uh, the steel 18 inch wheels and still look cool. Yeah. Like you're looking at it and you're it like, does. I mean, if somebody handed you the keys at your, you know, if you're a, a pest guy or something said, here's your new work truck, I think you'd be pretty happy. Even, even the work truck, it's an 11 inch uh, center uh, display with an eight inch driver information center. They're getting the screens. They're getting a great-looking truck. Um, you, you guys have got to be pretty proud and excited to finally be able to announce this in January and show everybody what you've been working on. Um, this is this is like dream number one for me. Is this your favorite chief engineer project or favorite engineering project so far? This is my favorite thing that I've ever worked at at General Motors. And how long have you been at GM for? I've been at GM for 25 years almost, wow. I want to say. Good for you. And, and um, this is the moment that you know you have yeah. some moment in your career. This is your penultimate. This is for me the ultimate and it's really because our teams have been working together across design and engineering and manufacturing. You know, we're building this um, truck at the um, Factory Zero uh, facility in Detroit, and it's been an amazing partnership of everybody just focused on what is the task, what are we doing with the truck. We set standards on 400 miles of range, great ride and handling performance, great trailering. Um, And when you set those as your guideposts, it makes it really easy to make decisions about how are we going to make versatility in cargo? Well, why don't we do a pass-through? Well, why are we stopping at pass-through? Let's go to a (laughs) mid-gate. I mean, it really isn't that we set out. And and yes, you acknowledge the avalanche-like features, but I will say to you that we didn't start out there. We started out with maybe we should do a pass-through so they can pass cargo through the center. And then it's like, well, why don't we just do a 60%? Well, wait a second. Why are we stopping there? And the real answer to this is 
we don't want to dictate to the customer how to use the vehicle. We want to give them a vehicle that's capable of just about anything that they can imagine. And I think after you have seen this pickup truck and our other folks on the podcast see it after January 5th or on January 5th, everyone's going to really understand what I mean by we're designing it for versatility and for what the customers can do with it with awesome styling. What were some of the projects that you've been involved with at GM in the past that are some of your favorites that led up to this one? Is there is there anything your work out there that somebody driving a Chevy or a GM truck would go, oh yeah, she I'm I'm interfacing with this thing that she designed? Oh, I mean, there's lots of little things that I've worked on. (laughs) Um, A couple of the things that stick out for me is um, the the newest Malibu that we had in design I was able to work on, and that was really cool. So I've been working on Chevrolets for quite some time. And then recently, um, before I came to this role, I was working in our electrical group, doing our new architecture, electrical Mm -hmm. architecture design. That's a job. Launching um, (laughs) the... uh, I think it was the Escalade that launched first with it, yep. the Corvette that launched with it. That was an extraordinary job, learning about how all of our architect- electrical architecture came together and really driving it to the future. Now we have um, Altify coming out, and that's an even, I'll just say, bigger and better version of what we were trying to do with that electrical architecture. The concept of allowing a customer to upgrade, not just OTA for fixes, but to upgrade, personalize, get future features that, that you know, you can't even imagine that we're dreaming up right now. I mean, the idea to be able to, you know, almost like a Apple iPhone, right? Sure. You can just keep you well, know, past, adding apps the car without manuf- buying a yeah, new vehicle. Car manufacturers were never tech companies, and That's they were horrible right. at tech. And now they have to, you it. have to exactly. be tech companies today. And we've got entire organizations now that are working on just becoming a tech-type yeah. company to put tech into the vehicle so that you don't have to drive an all-new vehicle or buy an all-new vehicle just to have that. So there's enough overhead in the architecture here in terms of processing power and things like that, that whoever invests and takes the ride with this first edition or launch edition of the truck, they will, they will have a truck that can get upgraded in the future. We have purposely made that true. That is awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you so much for your, for your time. This is, this is great to be invited in and, and to see it early. And I think we hit all the, the high points. We'd like to, you know, when the truck, uh, more information comes out down the line, maybe we can chat some more. But I think this is a great introduction to where Chevy's going and uh, the new Silverado EV. I'm happy that we could talk about it. Thank you. Well done, Mr. Holman. Uh, she said it was her first podcast. I'm really? Sorry it was with us. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, she's she's, she's awesome. like a pro to me. Yeah, she's a total pro. And uh, you know, pretty interesting truck. Uh, crew cab only. Uh, we talked about the frunk in the front uh, that's going to be called the e-trunk is uh, GM's version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned there's 10 outlets. Yeah, you did. So uh, uh, it's there's outlets all over the place. It's something like, I think, six. If you, you have the optional power bar, there's like six 120 and four 240s, um, which is just an a, a amazing amount. And there's you know one in the front, one in the console, a bunch in the bed, through the part charging port. You know what? The, um, the, the mid-gate really it started to hit here. I, it, it's weird. I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought. And I know we talked about the, the Hummer EV and... I guess, are there any others that have the mid-gate? That's a GM thing, so... Yeah, okay, so... I, I was right now. I was two lines. Now Rivian has that. the gear tunnel, which isn't quite mid- different. Sort of sideways. Yeah. So, yeah. Not not as much space. Handy. Yeah. I can see where it coming handy. But I was on Hummer's site, GMC Hummer's site, just now as we were listening to some of that. It really opens up a whole new world for storage. Sure. I mean, being able to go that far. And I and I thought I'm like, oh my god. I I remember my buddy Chuck had an avalanche. I thought. 
that's how he was getting all his snowboard gear and all that crap in there. And I don't know. It just it came pouring forward. Just listening and, and, to and this. And now going, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in. Uh, Midgate, I'm in. Uh, and I'm like, ooh, I just, well, I might have. I may have ordered a truck that oh, doesn't well, have a mid well, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> the truck that you ordered, you know, you can cancel that. Reservations for this open up. Uh, they're open right now, actually, as you hear this. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm really into this one. All right. I, I think, uh, do, do you like leather? Uh, do I like leather? Yeah. Yes. Oh, then you won't like this truck. Just like the Hummer EV, uh, all synthetic, sustainable, oh, that PVC, no, vinyl. No, no, that doesn't bother so me. So there's no uh, no leather option that, for that, those that of you That who, does not bother Listen, me. if you want to open the door and have it smell like uh, uh, you know a saddle room or a humidor, not this truck. As long as it has some kind of a cool new car smell, I'm, I'm okay. And usually that's the adhesives and all the crap they use, the synthetics and stuff. Yeah, when it's off-gassing for the first three months. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right. Well, hey, no, that was good. I actually, I am actually very entertained by this, and I and I think that I'm hearing this. I'm, I'm every interview that you do talking about EVs, and I know that we we do a run. We have a pretty good balance of of you know ICE engine we conversation, like and yeah, we like all, we like all. But I am just being part of this show. I'm warming up to it. You know, Dude. you and I both were like, mm, I, I in mean, the beginning. I'm, I'm still, we I don't know open. if I would go out and, you know, I would buy one for like my third vehicle or something for putting around town. I would definitely, I'm, I'm saying cool. second for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I'm also. Well, 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 you're going to need it to offset the uh, the truck that you apparently ordered. Well, so we're, we're do you want to get into that? I do you mean, wanna, do you want to do some voicemail? What do you want to do? Uh, we, let, let's, let's, let's talk about your truck first. This just in. I'm just in. Why are you stealing my news? My breaking news bit. (laughs) Lightning has finally ordered a truck, and it's not a lightning. So, I ordered a 22 1500 TRX crew cab 4x4 with a five foot seven inch box. Uh, you realize you basically all TRXs are that configuration. I'm just reading this because I thought it sounded interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was. Th- I'm shooting for the stars. Okay, it was either going to be this or I was going to go straight Wait. for Baller. Three years, Hummer for... EV. Nope, I had ruled out the Ford um, Raptor, and I thought, you know what, I'm either going to go balls to the wall with a TRX. Or I'm gonna wait a little while, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Hummer. And I thought, nah, you know what? Electric's gonna be here forever. I'm gonna be that hole that Matt Farah doesn't like, and I'm gonna be that last hoorah guy. You know what I mean? I'm gonna like ice engines, bad fuel economy, last hoorah. I'm gonna be that guy, right? I'm gonna be the most hated, hated man in America. Me and Jesse James with our black TRXs rolling around. So you got a black one? I did. Can I can I tell you what I got? Sure. Do you care? Are you already uh, no, ready I, to I, insult me? No, I, I'm. I'm just. Just go ahead. So I got the uh, level two package. Can I? Uh, can I just read a text that you sent me? Sure. This is uh, from Lightning. Favor. Can you reach out to your friend at Ram and see if a discount's available? And what's the name of your friend at the Ram dealer? And I said, sure, Jackson. So I. Uh, I. I hooked you up. Our man Jackson took very good care of you. Yes. Was he, it, was I not appreciative? He literally said that this is going to be the lowest transaction price of any TRX this year. Uh-huh. And he, I told because, him several times I'm stoked via email. Mm-hmm. 
And we're I'm trying to find the text where Lightning says to me, hey, would I uh, be a jackass if I asked if that's the best price he could do? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Just had to ask. Oh, my God. Lightning. Shut the F up. Yeah. Um, so I... It's like hey, it's, it's a lot of bread for me, can, but I can figured you, if you, if you, I don't. Can you get me a, a hookup with your buddy? Yes. So, so by he, the way, I normally can get a deal through FCA or Stellantis. I guess what they are now. But this is a TRX. They, don't, and they it's don't. They won't do the deal. I TRXs. get it. Sure. So I get my buddy who mm-hmm. at the dealership who gives you a discount off MSRP when everybody else in the world right now sure is they're paying up, way uh, over way over right. I understand. And that. then you came back and said, "Can I do better?" He sent me the he sent me the sheet that had several prices on right, it. Right, because he's transparent. He says this is the price. Great. I'm like, well, that lo- I, you don't get the lower one because they don't do that on I, this truck. I, so, am I a dick for asking? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. When you go into a dealer and there are hold listen, on, when you go to a dealer, stop. When you go to a dealer and TRXs are thirty grand over. Yes. Or what, what was the what was the lowest over MSRP that you saw when you looked at them at dealers? I didn't even bother. Okay, so like didn't even bother. Probably. F- 15 to 25. I've seen them 30. Yes. Over. I mean, I see that all the time online in, in, in my Facebook groups, but I know they're going for crazy money, but I'm like, and, and by I the got way, you a deal under MSRP. By the way, I asked you. I didn't ask him. I know. I, had I to, asked you. Because, I had to stop you. Because you would have asked him. No, I did not. No, no, I, we would. No, if I wouldn't, stop, have, if I wouldn't have gotten back to you within an hour, you would have been like, oh, I'll just ask Jackson. I don't think so. You don't think so? Nope. No, listen, I can ask you whatever. I, you, <sighs> Gift horse. I'm like, hey, there's a growth on my wiener. I'm not going to look at your wiener, Lightning. But I I could trust you to do that. We spent so many hours together. I I can be honest with you. You can tell me about it. I don't want to see it. Exactly. (laughs) But my my point is that you said no. So I didn't. I'm not going to go. No, good. I don't believe Holman. I'm going to go to Jackson. No, no, no. No, no, I appreciate you. I am not an asshole despite how you're trying to make me sound. No, I'm not making you sound like anything. Did you or did you not say that? Your face is turning red because you know you're trying to make me sound like it's because it's funny. Because it's just so you. It does. Listen, I. Okay. There's no way I can make this sound good. <laughs> no. Is, look, I'm not a wealthy guy, but I. This is my. I'm, I, Nobody this, told you to buy a TRX. No, I can't. No, no. Hold on a second. Stop. I'm not. I'm the. I'm a big boy. I can make decisions. Okay. What I'm saying is that I've. I said, hey, look. Is there's. I know. I see on the paper right here. Right. There's wiggle room. And if you said, you know what? He might. There might be something here that I'm like. Okay, I'll go to him. You said no. I didn't pursue it. It was as simple as that. You said no. I go. Oh, okay. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> I just think it's funny. You and I can have a conversation. I think when you have asked me, you're like, hey, can that guy hit, hook hook me up with whatever? Sure. And I'm like, no, no, you know, no, no inventory's no. tight. Don't do it. That, that would be like you going, dude. Got you this killer deal on on this widget. And I'm like, not really good enough for me, Lightning. <laughs> can, you, can you do better? But <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Cause, cause but I, but listen, you. but this was supposed to remain between you and I. But we have a podcast, so it's funny. So, I mean, I, I would do the same thing. I would out you as well. I know but, you would. But, but the point is, I want you, you guys go, listening. Hey, stop. You would say, you say, Holman? I have a growth on my wiener. <laughs> Will you examine it for me? And then I, we would be friends. I'm like, well, wow, you should take that to a doctor. Right. And on the very next show, you wouldn't make it about the growth on your wiener. You would be like, Holman looked at my wiener. <laughs> exactly. I know. Well, of course I would. Right. Of course I would. 
Jackson is listening to this, and Jackson, you're the man. Thank you. We, we do have Thank to you for hooking it up. Yeah, for for sure. And I'm really, really excited about it. And hopefully everything happens. Knock on wood, and I don't screw it up somehow. But yeah, I'm. I will hopefully be a truck owner soon. It. He issued me a VIN. Well, he didn't. But Ram issued me yeah. a VIN. So it's a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going ha- through. It's, it's more real than you know that I mean? cyber truck you put hundred bucks down for. And it's you get that be... deposit back yet. Uh, no, but I will now that now that I've got this. I there's no reason. Well, you need it for your t- first tank of gas, or they, at they, least your first three quarter tank of gas. I don't need to because look at this right here. They're throwing in five additional gallons of gas right here. <laughs> yeah, that's, on my, that's enough for you to fire it up and I drive know, down the street, dude. Don't tell me about your crap economy. <laughs> anyway, so I, I'm excited. Do I need the horsepower? No. Do I need this much truck? No. Do I want it really bad? Yeah. I do this freaking podcast, listen, and you, uh, listen, I'm like, I'm, you, I gotta have a truck. Okay, all right. Listen, you work hard. You're probably one of the hardest working guys I know. You deserve to treat yourself, no matter what Matt Farah says. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Matt Farah, should we get into some email? You want to get into, we've got a lot of voicemail, and a lot of them hate me. This is just a dump on, oh, 22 is bad for lightning. Uh, dude, let's, Except for this truck, 22 is going right, to suck let, for me. How about this? Let's do uh, five-star hotline, mm-hmm. news, and then in, and we'll end it with inbox. Oh, come on and be part of the show called the five-star it's the five star hotline. Hotline. Lightning, Holman, this is Caleb. Um, I am from Nebraska, only on episode 126. I know I'm way behind. Um, I was listening about the uh, classification of a truck. It has to meet three criteria. I think you should add one of those. Can it be registered as a truck? Therefore, my 2005 Nissan Pathfinder could be classified as a truck. Hmm. Four-wheel drive, uh, longitudinally mounted, body on frame, and it can be registered as, say, a farm truck. That's all I have to say. Thanks. Well, he won't be hearing this for about three years as he catches up on the show. <laughs> what um, do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a Frontier chassis with a, a wagon body on it, so uh, uh, sure. Lightning and Holman, Peter up in Northern California. Uh, Lightning, glad to hear your mid 400 experience and that you didn't have any bowel shaking earthquakes of doubt or remorse that were sailing and sailing. <laughs> as far as the uh, print media you guys are talking about with the magazine, I was for a lot of years and then now with four wheeler and another great part of print is sharing the hobby i've got a 16 year old neighbor who started playing around and got a hand-me-down liberty and like the off-road stuff and rather than just sending him a link to an article or something that's kind of impersonal i get to give him the magazine at the end of each month when i'm done with it and it's just gotten him a little more into the hobby a reference and uh, started working on stuff so keep up the print long live print media and hopefully that thing will be around for a while so keep up the great work. You guys have a good one. Awesome. Long live print media, he says. I appreciate that. It's the one guy supporting you. Lightning, Holman, let's start by saying great podcast. Listen every week. Hope I'm not too late to call in for the car cover. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, you nope. are too late. Yep, that, too uh, late. That, uh, that's uh, that's uh, Let's that's scan gone. here. He says uh, something about this and that and the other, and uh, you're too late. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Hey, guys. This is Matt here from Michigan. I thought I'd throw my name in the ring for the California car cover. Nope. Sorry, oh, Matt. sad trombone. Nope. Another sad trombone on there. 
Hey, Lightning and Holman. This is Stephen Watson with Offered Design, which is not relevant, but is habitually what I say when I don't think about that that much. <laughs> so I had to interrupt the show that I was listening to. It's this truck show thing. They were talking about Broncos, and I saw a Bronco first today. There's more and more Broncos showing up up here in western Colorado and this kind of, kind of the edge of the resorty area. And today I saw a first that I'm not sure I liked. I saw a Bronco, new Bronco, on a trailer. I don't hate trailers and I don't hate Broncos, but somehow I hate a Bronco on a trailer. <laughs> so anyway, there's a first. I'm sure you'll have fun discussing that one for a while. I don't think they belong on trailers. They should be driven. But anyway, past that, I think we need to uh, remember to keep track of all of our parameters. Got to remember it because everything matters. And Emmy always says, yeah, buddy. And just to prove the point, Sean, that's what she said. And it's always funny every time. Yes. <laughs> my man that's right there. Have a good night. Yep. You know, so, I, I uh, went camping with him for a week, and I didn't off him. I kind of wish I would have now. So, uh, first thing. Master Parameters! Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Yeah, buddy! And finally... That's what she said! Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, moving right along. So, this is Stephen Watson again. <laughs> some truck show podcasting again and call you guys. Because this time, lightning is really wrong. Yeah. About... The electric Polaris UTV Wait, utility what? vehicle that's actually a utility vehicle and not a go-fast toy. And there's a ton of use for a vehicle like that around a farm and a ranch, and 80 miles of range is plenty, and it doesn't have to have super badass kick-ass suspension to be really useful and be something that can probably sit for a little while and not have to worry about the gas going bad and be quiet hmm. for running around with livestock or game or anything like that, or even if it's just the neighbor's house where they moved in too close to you and complained about your <laughs> all the time. But anyway, there you go. Today, Lightning, you're wrong. Bye, guys. I mean, how's that different than any day? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I you're not say wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just maybe less than right. Yeah, exactly. Right. No. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that. I'm used to it. Hey, boys, Kevin from Texas. So, Lightning, come on, man. You're talking about buying a base model F-150. Now you're talking about buying some Halo trucks. (laughs) (laughs) I realize this has got to be super confusing for people. They're like, what are you – do you have – Are you mental? Are you bipolar? Like, what are you doing? Just keep playing. Okay. Ford or Ram right there. I mean, come on, Lightning. Make up your mind. Let's go. We need to get you in a truck. Soon rather than later, you need to go ahead and pinch it off and let's get going <laughs> on that. Second thing, Motor Trend of the Year selecting the Rivian R1T. I get it, but what I don't get is that truck isn't in mass production. It, I know it's coming next year. You know, they have the SUV coming out, and don't get me wrong, I think they're pretty cool. I wouldn't mind uh, that little SUV. It looks, it looks pretty cool. Somebody said it kind of looked like a scout. I'm a scout owner myself. I'm not the biggest fan of them selecting that. I think it was kind of a slap in the face to the other to the other manufacturers just because they're actually producing the vehicle. Maybe next year if they produce, you know, five, ten thousand of them or whatever. I don't know. Didn't sit right with me, but you know, got to trail the blaze, right? Or whatever, however it's there. All right, boys. Talk to you later. Bye. 
No, appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely appreciate That's a th- the a thoughtful message. Yep. 657-205-6105. And by the way, 657-205-6105 is the number, by the way. Uh, Four Wheeler just announced their winners, which we'll go through in news. And we're not Motor Trend. Uh, that's the other side of the fence. And, you know, they chose the Rivian. Like I said, I spent a lot of time in it. Great, great truck. Really, really impressive. Um, different use case for those guys than for maybe the stuff I like. name is Jenny Long, state number SF526. This is a notification from our Department of Tax Debt and Financial Settlement Services. Whoa, lightning. Whoa, hey, hey, the purpose of this scoot on through this one. I don't know what I, that was. Um, yeah. Have you been using this number for stuff? I can't say. Okay. Hey, lightning. This is Kevin from Eureka. Happy birthday, bud. You guys keep up the good work and hope you guys had a good Christmas. We did. Yeah, Thank we you. did. Yeah. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you for uh, wishing us the... Uh, no, wishing you a happy birthday. Oh, me, happy and birthday. And us a uh, Merry Christmas. Hey, guys, this is Richard from Alabama. I was just calling to see if y'all would discuss the differences between the 350, 400, and uh, TH700R transmissions and what the different uses, usages could be, as well as uh, maybe uh, just a friendly argument about why you would like one more than the other and, and which one you like of the modern-day transmissions. The E-series electrical output transmission. Thanks, guys. That might be a good topic to get a trading expert on. Uh, I don't like. Do we talk to Richard from Precision Transmission? We could. I don't like any of them. I like to shift for myself. (laughs) Well, listen, most people don't. So, not that they don't like to shift by themselves. They just don't have a manual transmission. You're good. You're good. We're good. Just play the next one. Hey, guys. It's Colby again. Uh, Just listen to the part with Matt Vera, I believe that's how you say his name. You know, I have a couple things that I want to add to what you guys are talking about. It seemed like his most, like, mostly what he was frustrated with with trucks was that they, they took up more space than, than they needed to, and they weren't as efficient uh, as other things were in the world. And I guess I could play the same story on him with his vehicles, with his cars, uh, in comparison to motorcycles. Right? Like, his car takes up way more space than motorcycles do. Uh, there's motorcycles out there that are way more efficient, like get on a moped, right? If all it is about is, is you know, being energy efficient and, you know, efficiency and size, then he should be riding around town on a moped. If it has nothing to do with the visceral feeling of getting in a V8 truck and bombing through the desert, you know, or being able to haul some hay every weekend because that's what you have to do. I don't know. I, I think his opinion, like everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but uh, I think it's a little lopsided, and I think he just doesn't like trucks for one reason or another. And he has kind of like he's probably been yelled at by some Europeans because they're like, "You Americans, you don't <laughs> America, all right? We're gonna drive big trucks because it's a tool that we use and." I'm sorry that your little quarter of L.A., you feel like you don't need trucks, but everywhere else in the world, we freaking use our trucks, and we use every freaking day. All right? Love you guys. Five stars. Keep up the good work. Embargo. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's Colby. Embargo. So I totally agree with that. The other thing you could say is... Well, I got to say that Matt Farah does ride. Uh, he had a... Uh, 
No, that's not the he, point. He had a motorcycle. No, no, no but no. that's not the point. He rides a Vespa, I think. Well, okay, but he doesn't ride it every day. He still no. has a Ferrari but he and chose, a Lambo or whatever. He, he chose, I think his argument would be to the size thing is that most communities have a given space set out for a yeah, and my car. Yeah, tr- and my truck fits in it. So what's the problem? Well, and barely. I, no, but barely. who cares? That's what he's saying, barely. Who cares? Here's he the other thing. He you clearly could, cares. You could go the other route, too, and say, what about emissions? I guarantee you that Ram TRX is way more clean out the tailpipe than his Countach is. Yeah. Right? So isn't he infringing on my clean air by driving that car around? I mean, there's a lot of arguments you could make in that in that vein. It's true. I mean, you know, if you if you want to get petty about it, that's why I think here's, – here's another argument. It, All right. You gave me a Leatherman. Mm-hmm. Why do I need that big Leatherman on my belt loop? All I need is a knife. I don't need a screwdriver every day, but you know what? I have it, right? And you can use it when you need it. Yeah. <sighs> that TRX has towed my 42 Ford up to Brandon Nave's house where he's putting he, you know, my, it, my roll bar it, in right it, now. It, it, I think what it gets down to, it's weird. Everyone has their own personal definition of excess. Your Leatherman. That's you don't need you don't need a screwdriver. What do you need that for? Why do you I need a need blade? A, knife, right? a blade that has a laser etched truck show podcast logo. Right. We all know that's not going to age well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's weird how again the article that we read a long time ago, yep. fifty episodes ago, where the the woman write, yep, wrote the story about, about trucks and girls, she just blah, blah, didn't blah. like the fact that they were physically large, and that as, that appears to be the same issue is that. Where are you going with this? I just think there's a comfort level that is exceeded. But are you defending that comfort no. level? No. No, I'm not defending I it. I think that it's uh, – I'm, I'm going to go back get, to it's America. You I'm trying be, to get in my head. You I'm afford, trying to get in the head of, of, of Matt or someone you who afford, thinks that way. Can you afford it? Do you enjoy it? Does it do but he something that, for you? But see, he thinks that's bad. I've, he thinks that just because he thinks just because you can thinks. afford it doesn't mean you should have it, which is weird because he owns a Countach. Exactly my point. Whatever it is. But like – how can you be a car guy and then judge other car guys? Because I mm, that's a great question. Right? But I see it happen because all the time. Because you have your you're a JDM guy. You're going to go yell at the Europe, Euro guys and their M3s with DTMs. You're a truck guy. You're going to go the Carol we hate the Carolina squat guys. You're a Florida No, we all hate the Carolina squat guys. <laughs> you're a Jordan, you know, Mulbauer at Daytona Truck Meet, who we have to call by the way. Um Are we call him on this no, episode. No, we'll do next episode. And then you hate the desert guys. Who cares? There's people enjoying the hobby. Like, you may not get it, but you can respect it. No, I think – well, listen. He crosses over into the hipster category, right? I've, and at that point, you are you are judgy. I just know? – I don't think that you should be judgy. I think that we're we're all gearheads and we should band together and that's what I think. So. And support. Gearheads. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into some news. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Solid, solid. Yeah, Thank you for that no, one. You know, I was thinking. You know, we're we're back, and I mean, look, 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 look at look at the waveform on that screen right there. Look at that. That is almost square. It, it looks like a uh, skyscraper. Ah, oh, it's perfect. I love that. Is that the way? Is that the waveform that uh-huh. does it for you? Oh yeah. Hey, uh, Four Wheeler Magazine. Hello. I did yes. not hear. Yes. I did not uh, hear. Did you hear lighting? No. Four Wheeler Magazine <laughs> has... What the hell's wrong with you? Yoda, listen to that. No. Uh, so fast. Four Wheeler Magazine has announced its winner of the uh, Four Wheeler of the Year, SUV of the Year, and Pickup Truck of the Year competition. Holy mackerel. Say it ain't so. And uh, is it the Rivian R1T? It is. 
not the Rivian <laughs> R1T. That was Motor Trend. That was Motor Trend. And uh, I hear you love the staff over at Motor Trend. Well, they're all my friends and colleagues. Okay. So, uh, SUV of the year. This is the 48th annual. Four Wheeler's been doing this since 1974. And... Uh, in the uh, the group was the new Jeep Grand Cherokee L, mm-hmm. the Jeep Wagoneer off-road package, the GMC Yukon AT4, the Ford Bronco, the Jeep Wrangler 4xe, and the Jeep Wrangler 392. Okay. And we're doing SUV first? We're doing SUV first. I'm saying they chose the Jeep 392. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, 470 horsepower V8 and solid axles for the win. It is, in fact, the uh, Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392. What's interesting is uh, all the years we've been doing this, so this is the 48th year, mm-hmm. this is Jeep's 17th win. And it's their, uh, they're the winningest brand in the history of the four-wheeler uh, of the year competition. So four-wheeler leans, has traditionally leaned Jeep. Recently, no. No, recently it's everything. No, 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 Is that not no, true? I don't think that's true. Really? The four-wheeler leans toward... Good enthusiast vehicles that are the basis for the things that we love. But Jeeps are oftentimes. But you make you make it sound like we're biased toward it. We're not. I'm sorry. We we have no. A lot of a lot of competitions are a Hall of Fame ballot where their guys go out and drive it. They write down their first, second, third choice on a card, and they get points. And whoever comes out is the winner. That's not how we do it. At Four Wheeler, the test is empirical. It's objective. It's subjective. And on top of that, we actually go out and use them and rotate and drive it. And we put 1,000 miles on these vehicles in the course of a week. What I'm saying is that over the last 50 years, Jeeps are overall better equipped for the things that four-wheeler writes about. So it doesn't surprise me that 17 of those years have been awarded to Jeep. I think that's fair. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying I don't want it to sound like, oh, well, you guys are buyers automatic. We love the Bronco. Just not the best vehicle out there. There's just the guys got in and out of the Bronco and they're like, man, that thing's really f- nice on the highway. Wow, that thing really does well off road. But eh, I don't really like the interior's kind of cheap or there's some rough edges. Like Ford hit a, a, a triple, but it's not a grand slam yet. That, that platform has a lot of potential. I think for uh, a first year, it's incredibly good. But the one thing that was amazing, everybody, and we had, I think, 12 or 13 judges. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like four of us went out there and just arbitrarily decided. This was a huge group of people with varying backgrounds, all who had a connection to four-wheeler. But it was just such a phenomenal vehicle. Every one of these people poured themselves out of the vehicle and smiled. I'm like, oh, my God, that thing is amazing. I, I told you I installed a pedal monster about three weeks ago and in, her, in Erica's. Her, fu- her fuel economy is about one mile per gallon now. It's not... It's not better, but I'm telling you, if you see the video, Listen, she has smiled from ear to ear. If you love the 392 and you love just that big cubic inch V8 everything, like when you get in the TRX. She said it was the Jeep that Jeeps have always supposed to have been. Does that make sense? Like, yes. It was just, it, it finally was the uh, Jeep that, uh, again, that we've all wanted. We've all been asking for solid axles, front and rear lockers, uh, V8 from the factory, and they gave it to us. Like, for 50 years, we've been saying, please build a V8 solid axle, well, midsize, awesome. Jeep is nothing if not timely. And, 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 right? <laughs> and so they finally did it. The thing is, is like you get the TRX and it's 702 horsepower. But now, don't make me feel crappy about no, my purchase. I'm not. I'm not. There is a middle ground that you can drive in and not tap into all that power. Because the power when the boost comes on is 
such a giant leap in output. There's like sort of normal, and then whoa, oh my god, right? Well, it's not a turbo though. It's a supercharger, so it should be fairly linear. No, there's definitely a point where that thing builds boost. Okay, and on the Rubicon 392. There's no blow or anything. It's all cubic inch. Right. And talk about linear. That thing is just like all torque all the time. There's no waiting. It just freaking rocks all. And the thing weighs, you know, obviously it's like a thousand or fifteen hundred pounds less than what the TRX does. And it just you just romp on it and it the exhaust is glorious. To this point, it was maybe the TRX or the Jeep, uh, the SRT Trackhawk that had the best. V8 exhaust in any truck 4x4 vehicle. Mm-hmm. Man, that 392 is pretty amazing. It sounds really great. And then it has the quiet mode yes, on it, which sure I wish does. the TRX did uh, for those cold morning startups. I am going to put one on. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to do one. I already have the uh, um, my valve set up, and I'm going to do a, a dump before the muffler, and then I'm going to do a dump after, so I'm going to have two on there. So I'm going to have like stupid, obnoxious, like comically loud, and then I'm going to have really quiet. I have to do, run some experiments because I want to get it really quiet because sometimes I go to work like you do at the crack of dawn. Yeah. I don't want to wake up all of it, my neighbors. You mean everybody? Yeah. So, but I want like the three positions, like the factory, super quiet, and then like this is comically ridiculous. Y- you'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's the point. Because I'm 12 years old. That's and I Are like you that sure thing. you're 12? All right. In, uh, in other news, four-wheelers pickup truck of the year. No! No! I did not hear. <laughs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. The pickup truck of the year. All right. Four-wheelers pickup truck of the year. Why don't you give me the list of competitors? Uh, Nissan Frontier Pro 4X, mm-hmm. Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro, the all-new Tundra TRD Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ford Raptor, the Ford F-150 Tremor, and the Ranger Tremor. Ooh, that is tougher than the last competition. Ooh. Ooh, boy. I know that you guys like the Tremor package. You, A lot. You liked it on the f one the, the Tremor is beautiful on the F-150 because yep. it nicely splits the gap between full uh, full Raptor and, uh, like, FX4. Okay. Ooh, but I feel like there's uh, – you guys were kind of let down with the Tundra. The Tundra was most of what you wanted to be, but I think it had, it had could, some, some, yeah. some, some it was holes. It was good, but it could be a little bit better. Yeah. And I'm actually getting my hands on a new Tundra tomorrow. Oh, our buddy Alan at KC Lights, oh, yeah. KC Highlights, yep. dropping their brand new Tundra off. Nice. Well, when you guys are hearing this, you'll all have already seen my photos with it. But um, If you follow him at if, LBC if, Lightning. At LBC Lightning, yeah, or at Pink's Power. So, whew, my gosh, this is a real tough one here. If I were a judge, and I haven't been, I've only been in a couple of these, I'm going to say you chose, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zag here. I'm going to go with the rap. That's a zig. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so uh, what's amazing about it is uh, the Raptor gets all the technology and comfort updates of the mid-cycle refresh on the 22 uh, F-150, but it gets an all-new chassis, and the chassis is where the magic is with the coil springs in the back, much like a TRX and the parallel you know, links in the back. And um, when you're driving that, 450 horsepower from that V6 does not sound like enough. It is, it's begging for, for more power. 
Um, some of the things I didn't like about the Raptor in the past, like the head toss uh, off-road and just the overall softness and mushiness of the suspension at certain places. It's got a new 3.1-inch body uh, Fox Shock 35. It's got an inch more travel front and rear. There's a 37-inch tire model now. It's everything you want in an off-road truck. Maybe a few ponies short of the TRX. Uh, I would love to do a Raptor TRX shootout because uh, they're, they are both phenomenal vehicles. The Dark Horse was a tremor. Everybody loved it. And I thought for sure, based on the way people were talking, that uh, it would be the winner and Raptor might actually get shoved aside because of everything it offers. But that empirical data, that data that has to do with how the vehicles interact in the physical real world, zero mm-hmm. to 60 times and braking and trailer towing and payload and all those things that we do, Raptor just empirically was a f- you know faster and you could do more stuff, have more travel, so it ramped better. You guys are doing like 60 to zero, things like that? Oh, yeah. We okay. do uh, 60 to zero. We do uh, zero to 60 quarter mile. So anyway, uh, Raptor and uh, Wrangler 392. So I redid the scoring for four-wheeler 15 years ago. Jeez, maybe more than that. I think my gut feeling on what should win is typically what does win because the way the scoring is is to make sure that we're going after the vehicle that was catering to the enthusiast, right? So I always love when kind of your gut feeling of like, yeah, you know, because we always talk about it. We go, what do we think? And it was the two vehicles I think should have won this year or the two vehicles I walked away with it this year. So I'm, I feel good about that. And, so let uh, me ask you this. Does um, marketing or um – does any of that weigh on you? Does that uh, or, or the cool factor? So the zeitgeist, right? Like the the, the people are talking about the three ninety two. People are talking well, about people are talking about the, the Bronco. They're going to be disappointed that we didn't choose the Bronco. All right. So we go straight. Okay. We go straight off of off of our scoring. There's Good no. Point. There's no. It, the scoring is what the scoring is. There's a lot of like last year the Yukon AT four one SUV. Arguably, it didn't have as much you know as stiff competition. Although the Defender one ten was in there. But what they did with that full-size SUV in terms of off-road performance, for what it is, it's pretty amazing. This year, it came in fourth, but that's because there's two Wranglers and a Bronco ahead of it. Sometimes it's the luck of the field. Sometimes it's the the vehicle for enthusiasts. Sometimes you get a year like this where there's a whole bunch of worthy vehicles. Anyway, and I'll say the other thing, the surprise was the Grand Wagoneer. I think it came in fifth or sixth in the test, but that's not a... Um, there are a lot of compliments about that vehicle. Yeah, there, that's that's not a dig at the vehicle like, oh, it came in last, right? The reality is, is it performed far and above what we ever thought. But you're not going to have all an independent suspension vehicle that big doing crazy trails that a Wrangler 392 or a 4xe Rubicon are going to do, or a Bronco for that matter. Yet it held its own and went everywhere those vehicles did and was really impressive. And so I, I hope that when people read the story, go to... The four-wheeler section, motortrend.com, get the issue. It'll be on sale here in a few weeks. I'm hoping what the takeaway is, is when you read these, it's not about first through last, better through worst. It's usually first is the winner, and then we always talk about where the other ones land in relationship to the market. It's not just like, oh, that one came in last. So you're not, you're not talking— There's uh, no penalty box But this what year. I'm saying, it was kind of cool about this article is that you're not really talking— If I was if I was looking at the, the, the Grand Wagoneer— You would find redeeming qualities th- th- in it that, that would what, validate what you That's need. exactly what I'm saying. Listen, you're not you're, talking me out of it. No, no. Uh, that's not, and that's not the point. The point is to give you all the information. So there's a lot of active families. They may be have a Sprinter van. Maybe they want something a little more luxurious. Maybe they want something more of a SUV form factor. Maybe a Sprinter van without low range, uh, you know, doesn't give them, uh, you know, the capability that they could get out of a Wagoneer, and they want to go a little bit further in, you know, a national park in the backcountry or the snowy road or something like that. I don't know. 
Uh, but this vehicle would be great for those things and do it in style and comfort and with a ton of tech. So anyway, uh, kudos to Ford and uh, and Jeep for uh, pulling out those wins. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. I have not. Uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning 300-mile extended range battery pack, mm-hmm. uh, according to Motor Trend, requires a shocking upcharge. Oh, no. <laughs> Ford made headlines around the world when it announced the F-150 Lightning, not just because it was electrifying the best-selling vehicle in North America, but because of how affordable it made the EV pickup with the uh, Rivian R1T, the GMC Hummer EV pickup, uh, you know, starting at 68,000, going up to 110. The F-150 Lightning at 41,669 mm-hmm. sound pretty crazy. Now we've just talked about the Chevy Silverado EV at 39. Right. Right. That price is so long as you don't step up to the optional 300-mile battery pack. So all F-150 Lightnings come standard with dual motor, all-wheel drive system for 426 horsepower. 775 pound-feet of torque, made it to a 98-kilowatt standard-range battery, uh, good for about 230 miles of range. Okay, so if I want 300? The optional 131-kilowatt extended-range battery pack, available on XLT and Lariat, standard on the range-topping Platinum, ups power to 563 horsepower, 775 on torque, Mm -hmm. jumps to uh, 300 miles of range. According to the Ford configurator, that 70-mile range cushion will cost F-150 Lightning XLT buyers, $19,500 or roughly the cost of an entire Ford Maverick. Ah! <laughs> like, like, whoa. So the <laughs> cheapest version, the XLT F-150 Lightning. With the I'm sorry. Range, you said. Almost 20 grand. 9000 9, You You accidentally yeah, put a no, one in front of no. it, right? You screwed up. That was just a hash the mark cheapest in front of that, right? The cheapest 300 mile F-150 Lightning that you can get, which is the XLT, mm-hmm. $74,169. <laughs> Oof. Wow. Uh, Hummer EV pickup beats both Rivian and Ford in a charge speed and range. But to be fair, Lightning buyers get more than 33 extra kilowatts for their extra 20 grand. Mm. Uh, so Ford, not, you know, they list the battery upgrade at 10,000, but it's bundled with an equipment group, which is why it gets to be so much. And uh, their power generator, the 9.6 kilowatt pro power generator, among other things. So anyway, there's a bunch of stuff. So again... $19,000 more is what you're saying. Yeah. No, God, please, no, no. That that became unaffordable for many quickly. <laughs> right, right at that point. Yes. Yeah, just for 70 miles. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see where, where trucks land. I think 400 sounds right, but 300 probably is realistically right. I don't yeah. I don't know. Depends if you're towing and how you're using the truck. What are you like getting that. out of the uh, out of your TR- TRX right now? You're uh, a long-term loaner. Between 315 and 325. Maybe three thirty. Well, that's the same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, o- the only difference is right now you don't have I any can't rain. plug in at night. That's and, exactly and top right. Top off. I've got to go to the yeah. gas station four times a week. Right. Just like you will be. I'll see you there. Uh huh. <laughs> well, until you get your next long termer. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I don't know why I love that one. I, I do know why I love that one. <laughs> so you like much. Cartman? You it love is, Cartman? I love Cartman. How, how can you not love Cartman? Mm-hmm. Not. I mean. Smartman, Smartman, we're not. That was not ripped mm. off of anything at no. all. Lighting, not at all, at all. Apparently, the uh, engine that will be replacing the Hemi is the uh, inline three-liter turbo six-cylinder Tornado engine. Right. Uh, apparently, that has gone into production. Wow. Uh, so, uh, not a lot of information, but it's uh, referred to as the three-liter GMET6HO. Um, I'm kind of excited. Uh, straight sixes are pretty rad. Uh, 
Obviously, perfectly balanced. You can make yep. a ton of power. Look at the Australian Ford Straight Six. That's that's in production. Mm-hmm. That engine rocks. Uh, this one should my, be uh, my wife's car that uh, we uh, just recently brought back to and sold back to Mercedes was a Straight Six but, with a turbo. That oh, was it. Mm-hmm. I liked it for a week. <laughs> the week I had <laughs> the it. We, the week she had it. The week she had it. Uh-huh. I had it. We had it. Uh, so we don't know how much power it's going to be, uh, but we know that there will be a the high output version of it. Apparently, it's going to be uh, built in uh, Mexico, uh, and uh, we'll find out more. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be going in the Ram 1500, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Wagoneer. So that's a straight sace? Sure, Lightning. <laughs> and I think we've talked about it before, why uh, V8's lost favor, and then why straight six has lost favor, and why... So for a while there, it used to wait, be... Wait, 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 wait. When did we talk about the V8's losing favor? What do you mean? So if you remember, straight sixes went away. Mercedes always had them. BMW always had them, mm-hmm. right? And they went to V6s. And that's because you share a family architecture with a V8. Well, now four-cylinders are sort of the big deal, right? So turbocharged four-cylinder. Right. So now you can share that architecture with a six-cylinder. Sure. And so it just makes it easy. So I think you'll see the straight sixes starting to replace V8s in a lot of lineups because you, you know, it's not as efficient from a, a packaging standpoint, but from you know uh, durability and from a smoothness, you don't need counter shafts, ability to make power, you know all this. I mean, look at the Cummins guys, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, they're they're just fine with their straight yep. six. Been doing it for a hundred years. I, so I'm actually, as much as I love the V8 and I do love V8s, I'm actually excited to see how this motor performs because I think it could be pretty cool. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, I did not. Uh, the trucker with the 110-year prison sentence, uh, the governor has uh, apparently reduced it to 10 years. 10 years. But I also heard that there were people throwing a bunch of smack around saying that he uh, was driving recklessly earlier in the day and he was aware of the brake issue and still went down the hill. Is uh, that, I have no idea if any of that's true. Yeah. So all I know is uh, in October of 2021, a judge ruled... A 110-year sentence under Colorado law after finding him guilty on 27 counts. Um, and the semi-truck uh, crash occurred in April of 2019. The driver was a 23-year-old male, lost control of his truck due to a brake failure after descending a steep section of I-70. Uh, and he crashed into stop traffic, a car pile up, a fire. There were four fatalities. Um, and the way that Colorado, uh, I guess the way that sentences get doled out required that 110 years. And... A bunch of truckers banded together and said, "No, we're, we're you know we're, we're not going to deliver freight if you're that unfriendly to truckers." The uh, the you know uh, mechanical failure, failures happen. I don't know the whole story leading up. Anyway, the uh, governor Jaris Polis uh, jumped in and commuted part of the sentence. I guess is the proper terminology yeah, for that. Commuted, yes. And uh, from 110 years down to 10, so he uh, called the original sentence unjust. Now there's people saying, "Well, maybe the sentence isn't harsh enough now." So I don't. You can never make anybody. Well, from 110 to 10, it's a huge yeah, jump. If the but, guy yeah. has the guy, it's an accident. The guy's got no history. I mean, that's a hard thing to sentence him for the rest of his life. I mean, it's accidents happen. Life isn't a zero-sum game. I, I, that's it's a hard one. So. He's got to live with that as well. Yeah, I like, mean, he I, killed, I think people don't he think, killed yeah. people. Yeah, and it's, so, it wasn't yeah. – I mean, he was involved in uh, yeah, just all that stuff. There's no good to this story at all. All right, well, then we will <laughs> move right on to uh, Inbox where we'll find plenty of good.
right, uh, you going first or am I going first? Who's uh, got the first email? I will go first this time. Oh, I like that because I went first last time. So you're kicking off uh, the year in email. All right, here we go. Uh, Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know. Start the show now, or what what was that? I don't know. All right, anyway, uh, this one here is uh, Levi Jeans. Hey, guys, thank you for reading the email. Yes, I'm a millennial, which makes it a bit funny that you old guys, hey, mm-hmm. didn't know this. I just listened to episode 208 of your You're show. You're not a youngin' anymore, by the way. I was a little shocked when you two were talking about clothing brands working with car companies. Stated that only in recent, you stated, no, I did not, lightning stated, <laughs> by the way. Only in recent years of clothing brands. No, it was Holman. But no, it was not Holman. Yes, it was. Okay, we'll see. Uh, but that's where you're mistaken. Levi's teamed with AMC in the 70s to help out the interiors of their vehicles. I heard because of the oil crisis, companies didn't really have power numbers to advertise anymore like they did in the 60s. Therefore, they tried to advertise whatever they could to sell cars. Also, you need to look into you. Derek from Vice Grip Garage, thank you for your time. And uh, as always, five stars. Five star review! Five stars! Thank you uh, for that, Danny. And by the way, um, wasn't just uh, AMC, but the uh, the Jeeps, as we mentioned earlier, had uh, had the Levi edition. I can't remember if it was the CJ5 or CJ7, but you could literally get denim seats in those, uh, in those vehicles. Uh, the point is that I was wrong. All right. Trucks and clothing from Steve the Metal Guy. Hey, come on, fellas, or come on, Lightning Rod. How can you forget about the Eddie Bauer F-150? See attached photos. Five stars. Well, maybe... 3.5 stars Ooh, this time from ouch. Steve the Metal Guy. So he uh, knocked us down 1.5 stars right. because of my dumbass. Well, that's a uh, bummer for us. Mm-hmm. All right, got this one from uh, Troy Plasky says... Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if we had a 3.5 stars from uh, Emmy? No guy. Uh, this one says Nissan Pro X. Hey, thank you, Sean and Jay, for a great podcast. It's because of your glowing reviews, endorsement of the new frontier that I took a serious look and ended up buying this beauty. I have been listening for about two years now and enjoy all of the content and banner. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching. And remember, everything matters. Especially while mounting your parameters. <laughs> oh, Jesus, got them all. I know. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Love you guys, and you make my daily drive fly by. And that's from Troy Plasky. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate it, and enjoy that beautiful new frontier. And I'm glad that... Uh, Wait, why are you crumpling that up? We no, we're sorry, I was going to save that for <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> uh-huh. Send that. Uh-huh. Yep, uh, here we go. Yep. It's like the uh, 30th uh, Nissan yeah, frontier uh, we've this sold year. Like that, this, this year. This year, yeah. Just in this last three days. Quarter. <laughs> uh, apparel co-branding subject line from Mike Boyle. Does Lightning not remember Eddie freaking Bauer? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> nope. Sure didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, this one uh, from Dakota Black. Uh, another Nissan diesel dart. Hey, Lightning and Holman, I feel that I email you guys a lot, but I have a lot to say. LOL. Yes, yes, you do. Anyways, uh, through some digging, I managed to come across another diesel Dodge dart like mine. I realized it isn't a truck, but it is a Nissan diesel after all. So that ties into the main show sponsor. Of all places, it was seen at a car show in India. Founded on a forum group about the Indian automotive scene. I've recently started an Instagram account purely focused on these motors and my rigs powered by them. It's at the SD33 garage. So I posted this up. Here are some photos. Oh, let me see. Let me see. And he says, uh, Ben from 406 Garage said, it's, uh, said it best. We said these motors are boat anchors, but still fun history either way. Thanks for an awesome show, and uh, thanks for reading. And that's our friend Dakota. Follow him on Instagram, at the SD33 garage. By the way, that is a car I would drive. 
I would fully rock. Oh yeah, that. you'd sh- you would yeah in corduroys. Oh yeah, <laughs> corduroys. <laughs> it's so lame that corduroys are back. I mean, my kids are wearing corduroys. I'm like, really? I wore corduroys because my parents wouldn't buy me nice clothes. I did. I wore uh, Sears Tuskins. Oh, that so had, did I. Yeah, that patch, had, yeah, it had the patches. patches in the knees because we used to drag our knees on the skateboard. And they and would stuff. come with patches. Yeah, so they that would, they can be fixed. Ah. Oh. It was so who out there remembers? Dude. Who out there remembers uh, Sears Tuskins? Shout out Sears Tuskins, Truck Show Podcast do at gmail.com. Do not give a shout out to Sears Tuskins. It's so embarrassing. It's like we couldn't afford Read the freaking emails. Levi's. We'd be here all day. Lightning is wrong on designer interiors from uh, Jacob uh, on Lightning's wait, 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 comment. Wait, 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 was that the title? Yeah. Can you read it again, but slower? I didn't catch that. Yeah. Let me. If you want me to read it accurately, it says lighting. <laughs> Because he's only got one end in, uh-huh. in lightning. Uh-huh. Lighting is wrong on well, designer he is, interiors. He is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jacob says on lightning's comment on car interiors and fashion designers, the Eddie Bauer interiors on Fords were a big hit in the 2000s. Uh, and Orvis did a thing on the Grand Cherokees as well. Orvis? Yeah, Orvis. I've got a Orvis. my shotgun uh, my shotgun uh, vest is an Orvis. In fact, look. Wait, hold on. I'm wearing a uh, flannel jacket shirt today. Yeah. What does that say on it? Orvis. I don't even not even familiar with that brand. Interesting. Oh, wow. and also uh, Filson partnered with AEV to build a uh, Filson uh, Brutes and Jails back in the day too. Or no, JKs. Sorry, uh, Filson JK and uh, AEV Brute. Wow, I am super not into that, that Western that's scene. Yeah, no, it's not. Well, I mean, I guess what it's is Western, Western wear? Of course, but it's it like is. fly fishing and it's like hiking. It's Western it's, wear. Dude, that is the most comfortable jacket shirt ever. They're flannel shirts that are heavy, so I can wear a t-shirt underneath, and they have pockets. Best, best freaking the you know shirt ever. Orvis, shout out, and Sears Tuskins and Orvis. And Lightning, uh, we do share a love of mine exploring. If you haven't checked out Ghost Town Living on YouTube, you are missing out. Of course I have. Uh, come on now. <laughs> Me and Brent Underwood, we're, we're tight like yeah, this. You're not, but okay. We're, we're, we're bros. Brosif. Um I wish I was able to go down uh, to SoCal and check them out myself, but I'm up in Spokane, Washington, and I think there are some gold mines up in Washington. Oh, not, are you kidding me? There's yeah, a so ton, dude. We are lucky to have gold mines in North Idaho uh, to go explore that uh, most people don't know about, so love the show, and I've been listening for four years now. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate that, Jacob. Uh, we got uh, one here. Uh, fake noises and Matt. <laughs> says, fake noises from Thomas Atwood. Says, what's up, Lightning and Holman? So I keep hearing about how vehicle manufacturers keep pumping in fake engine noises into the cabin when you're driving. Does this actually trick people? I think they need to take it a step further and start adding better sounds. They should start with the F-150 Harley-Davidson and start pumping in Harley engine uh, revs at stoplights. <laughs> I want to start seeing F-150s try splitting lanes on the 405 or in the case of Matt Farah, make it sound like a Corolla so you feel better about taking up half of his road. <laughs> on the subject of Matt, it's good to have different opinions. That's what makes our hobby more fun. But one thing I don't understand is when he says his Hummer... Got spit on a tire slash, which is terrible. He decided he wanted to be more like that type of person instead. I mean, he, Thomas, you got a point. I think some people uh, get so big they become out of touch. How are we selfish for liking to drive pickup trucks when this guy's pushing Lamborghinis? His doors go straight up in parking lots. So it should be a perfect balance. LOL. Either way, good to hear difference of opinions, even if they're wrong. Can't wait for another <laughs> year of uh, parameters mounted. Thomas Atwood. Solid, uh, solid email there, Thomas. 
Apparel co-branding from Peter T. Lightning and Holman, I was listening to your discussion about automotive co-branding with apparel companies being a recent thing. I'd like to throw, um, it's, I can't, see, the printer freaked out right here. Oh, some older examples into the mix. Eddie Bauer for Ford, yeah, which we've heard about, um, have been cohorts since the late 80s. Nautica. Oh, I've got Nautica. Nautica. Mercury had a Nautica minivan. Nautica co-branded, yep, Mercury for the Villager van in the 80s or 90s. And how about the Levi's edition CJ uh, Jeeps with the denim upholstery? Talked about that. These are just a few of the examples that I could think of. I'm sure Cadillac has had some fancy pants co-branding back in the day as well. Keep up the good work, fellas. And as always, keep mounting those parameters. funny how many times nautica has gone in and out of fashion it's like yeah it's it's crazy it was first it was hit with all the the suburbanite white kids that had some some uh, of daddy's money then it went away and came back with the hip-hop scene then it went away and it came back again with uh the rich white kids again it's just so weird it's uh very odd cyclical like skinny ties uh, we've got this one from uh, Emmanuel Castillo. It says, hello, Lightning Holman. I'm Emmanuel Castillo. Just want to say thank you very much for choosing me for the California Car Duster. I'm really thankful and very surprised because I never win anything. Thank you so much. My truck and I are very thankful. And that's from our uh, friend Emmanuel. Appreciate it, dude. Oh, it sounded it sounded kind of sad, actually. Me and my truck never win anything. Yeah, but they did. We, we hooked them up. We gave yeah. them a little Christmas love. I feel like we need to send them something else. Like a sticker or shirt? Something, <laughs> something. Lightning is wrong. Oh. Are we surprised? In quotes. I'm not. Uh, hey, guys, enjoy the podcast. But as always, I was amazed to hear neither one of you could remember apparel makers teaming up with uh, auto manufacturers. Uh, just t- off the top of my head, he mentions Levi's, of course, and his uh, Jeep CJs from the 70s, and Eddie Bauer and the Ford Broncos and Explorers in the early 90s and 2000s. L.L. Bean, he brings up, in Subarus. Oh, I forgot 90s. it. That's right. There was L.L. Bean. Wow. L.L. Bean uh, Subaru Outback, I think. They had an L.L. Bean edition. Every freaking Mormon kid I knew wore L.L. Bean for some reason. I don't know uh-huh. what it was. Just like so straight-laced back in the day. Uh, preppy. Uh, so I'm sure I'm forgetting more of these. Anyway, keep on mattering those parameters and give me some OG Emmy love. Uh, 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 yeah, buddy, if uh, if you don't mind, for my favorite podcast. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Yeah, buddy. It's one, two right there. And Holman, I got the last one right here. No, you don't. I have one right here. Oh, where? Got a DM from uh, Sean Nelson hit me up, and he says, a Great show today with Matt Farah. I think the TRX is awesome, but I do understand his points. Trucks have grown a lot in the last number of years. I even noticed the change from uh, my 2005 F-150 to my 2017 F-150. I miss my OBS Fords. I think we all miss the OBS Fords. Uh, many days of the week, other than uh, all the minor conveniences. Anyway, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and enjoy your week off from Jay. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you have. Sure you did. Can I tell you a strange story? So we were going sure. through uh, inventory and sales count and stuff at work. Do you know one of the most popular uh, turbo systems today? Well, we don't have that many turbo systems mm-hmm. at banks these days. But today, mm-hmm. currently, OBS seven three six nine. Really? Isn't I'm surprised that there's bizarre? that many still out there. It's like That's what? The old indirect injection pre power stroke. Bingo. Yeah, we were. Like what? Why? Huh? Did you guys? You did you guys just go through the numbers and went like? But I mean, we is it, we, we have been. Re, you know, is I, it like scores of kits or is it like a handful of kits? Hundreds. No way. You hundreds still, per year. You make you have hundreds, hundreds of those kits boxed year. up a year. Yes. Wow. Isn't that wild? And you're talking about 
several thousand dollars, right? This is not like a $300 kit. Guys are really loving the OBS four trucks. It's bizarre. Like they have just never gone out of style. They're just awesome. They're classics. You know, it's that weird vehicle that bridges the gap between old and modern. Like it's just... It's just modern enough where it had like door locks and power windows and power steering and air conditioning and a decent radio and, you know, comfortable seats. But it was old enough that it still had little skinny, you know, uh, A-pillars and wind wings and the seating position was just right. And they still had that old school flair. There's just – it, it was something that just hit that middle ground It was on the perfectly. verge of making enough power but didn't. Well, yeah. So you just add – And, and let's, let's face it. What are you going to spend money on? A pre-power stroke? OBS or a Power Stroke OBS. So if you can get a discount on a 6.9 IDI, do one of your kits and feel like you've got enough power, then that's you probably did pretty good because those are f- fairly reliable engines. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, guys yeah. have almost a million miles on some of those things. So the way I'm looking at it is I think people probably get the discount at bu- of you know buying them instead of a 7.3. And then they yeah. go, I got money left over. And, and there's gonna... also nostalgic factor as well sure. for a lot of them, you know, because yeah. it's come full circle on a lot of these. Uh, last email that I have is uh, from LJ. Matt Farah can suck it. <laughs> Episode 208 had, had Matt Farah and his opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I am not nearly as eloquent as he is, nor as experienced with cars. Enthusiasts purchase vehicles for the 5% of their use. By, by the way, let me interrupt you. I will say he is very eloquent. He's a very good speaker. Absolutely. I may not have agreed with everything he said, but I appreciate his tone and delivery and how he kind of talked through his points, and I, I think that's I think that's you good. and I are both fans of his work. Is that fair to say? Sure. No, I'm serious. Sure. I am. All right, good. Okay. Uh, the enthusiasts may be passionate about driving fast or off-road or towing their camper, race car, slash show truck. If the enthusiast purchased all of their vehicles to be socially responsible, energy-efficient commuting, then what would they do for the 5% use? Rent? Better not even have that GMC Cyclone or Countach because the Fast is only 5% of its primary use as a car. Uh, No, the Fast is 95% because a Cyclone or Typhoon has a 500-pound payload, so you can't do anything else other than drive it. There's no uh, no hauling or towing with one of those. And he closes it with mounter those parameters and Emmy, yeah, buddy. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Yeah, buddy. Oh, and he says thanks for a five star podcast, and that is from Lando. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a note and we'll read it on the air. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. As long as it's not about me being wrong. No, please. More (laughs) lightning wrong emails. Uh, Or you can tell them directly at uh, LBC Lightning on on the gram. DM me. I I love the DMs. I'm not even joking. I really, I I enjoy the DMs. Same here. Try to keep up at at Truck Show Podcast uh, and at LBC Lightning. Or uh, at Sean P. Holman. And, uh, of course, uh, you can reach us on the Five Star Hotline. Appreciate everybody's uh, voicemails. Love hearing you guys on the show. 657-205-6105. Leave yourself a uh, message about how lighting's wrong. Nope. No, I asked you not to do that. No, you asked them not to do that on emails. Uh, how about nowhere? <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> uh, somehow I don't think our listeners are. Although no, you didn't, fine. You didn't say anything abrasive or controversial on this show, I don't think. Well, yes, you did. You said something about me looking at your wiener, and I take great offense. <laughs> that, to that was abrasive. I'm going to uh, and HR. Controversial, horrible. Yes. 
horrible. I, I didn't actually whip it out and tell you to no, look at it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Lightning. I love when you do that right before we thank our sponsors. Yeah, it's always a great. Uh, how long have you been doing this for? I just started. This is brand new for me. Oh, wait. 209 of these plus bonuses. Oh, plus bonus. I, I know. Like 215 ish or something? Uh, I'm still amazed. We've, we have well over a million downloads. That's crazy. I know. Like, who would spend that much time with us? Do you know if you added up every one of our downloads, and let's say everybody listened to 50% of the show, that's a lot of time people spent with us, it's, dude. It's, it's tens of it, millions of hours. It borderlines on Isn't that crazy? Insanity. People have listened to tens of millions of hours of you and I, us jackasses. Just talking. Oh, my God. Talking about well, trucks whatever. and stupid well, stuff. Barbecue and... Soda and sports cars and stuff we shouldn't bourbon, be talking about. Cigars, European cars, European cars. <laughs> uh, uh, branding exercises. I didn't for, realize uh, that you, I didn't until until Matt Ferris said that. I didn't realize you couldn't call them euros. He's like, oh, who calls them euros? What, where are you from? I'm like, like, where are you from, pal? I always called them euros. Would like, I, what else do you call them? Imp- I don't know. Well, you, you can't call them imports because imports are like Honda on the West and, Coast. The imports are uh, Japanese cars. Yeah, at least when we were growing up. That's that's got to be a New York thing, right? Yeah, he's yeah from, for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's like when you're hanging out with him, you just headbutt him right there. That's, that's what <laughs> You headbutt him. All right. Well, uh, I'll tell you who we won't be headbutting, and that's our friends over at Nissan because mm-hmm. we love them. And uh, we appreciate them supporting the show. The Nissan Frontier, a great little mid-sized truck, as Troy Plasky, our uh, listener, found he out. He knows all went, too he well. He went out and bought yeah. one. Hey, Troy, actually uh, hit us up again um, and uh, let us know what you think about it after you put some miles on it. We'd love, we'd love we to should put him back. on the spot, call him. And, okay. and give him uh, and have him do a truck review. All right, deal. Troy, call us, 657-205-6105. We'll have you do a truck review for Nissan. We want to hear all about your brand new truck. And uh, if you're looking to get a new truck like Troy, head over to your local Nissan dealer. You can build and price at NissanUSA.com. Of course, the Nissan Frontier is available with the best-class horsepower, nine-speed automatic transmission, Pro 4X, Bill Stein shocks, Fender audio system, all the great stuff. And if you need a bigger truck, Titan and Titan XT come with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And if you decide to hang on on one of your old trucks, but it needs power, it's a little anemic, you got to hit your friends over at bankspower.com. They've got uh, tuning solutions. You can add up to 140 horsepower just by plugging a device into your OBD port, loading up a tune, and you're off to the races. Quite literally, you could be off to the races. Banks has solutions for trucks that are under warranty, where you want those devices to be invisible or visible, depending on if you care about your warranty or not. All right, so what you're saying is if I've got an older truck and I don't care about the warranty and I want to go have some fun, you got a mm-hmm. solution for me there? And if i got a newer truck where I want to have some fun, but I do care about the warranty warranty, I just, uh, where do I go? Bankspower.com? Bankspower.com, yep. For example, you can remove the Derringer inline tuner. Five minutes. I've timed myself, like five minutes. So you get the power when you want, you can take it and make it vanish into thin air when you don't. Ooh, Banks magic. Just enter your year, make, and model at bankspower.com. All right. Well, uh, first show of the year, episode 209. I think that was solid. And uh, I realized that I didn't need that week off at all. Yes, That's a lie. Did. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. I, As did I. I feel recharged and refreshed. Oh, and now he's just. I feel like I'm in a waterfall with uh, Irish Spring all over me. You're a lying sack of shit. <laughs> oh, how I've missed you, Light. Uh-huh. You as well. Hey, let's do it again next week. Wait. We have to do another one of these? (laughs) Yeah, at least another year's worth. 
The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. I need a drink.